Hello, hello. Welcome one and all. We are doing the mailbag to wrap up the campaign of Bombarded. I've got all my bards here with me. How y'all doing? Hello. Whoa. Great. Hello. This is what it's like to not have a podcast, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is what it's like to be at the end of an adventure right. and uh, yeah, yeah, finish yeah. a campaign. Yeah. I'm sure you've all heard the stories how <laughs> groups form and then fall apart and campaigns don't get finished. I mean, personally... I think I've only finished now three campaigns in my entire life. Everything else has been one shots. Or- Whoa, including this? Yeah, yeah, including this. Wow. Is it well this is for sure Spurrier, my and Allie's first campaign to finish or even get close yeah. to finishing. So. <laughs> yeah. True. So thank God I kept doing it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're here for. We're here because I'm sure people have plenty of questions and uh, I'm going to go ahead and hand the reins over to Goodrich because you've done such a fantastic job of curating and uh, getting this list together that I'm just gonna let you go for it. You here's the screen. You take it. And <laughs> keep the secrets. Oh goodness! Oh, well, uh, well. Before we get started, of course, thank you to everybody who posted such nice things about the finale and about the show and mm, what it meant yes. to you and everything. That was extremely nice to read. I know, like, I'm not on social media as often as some folks. I'm usually just the bombarded one or occasionally Lindby music, <laughs> uh, whatever. But yeah. it was really awesome to like read everything. We it were was. all reading them yeah. and being like, uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And just thank you for supporting us, being there for us, listening to the show. It's been a ride. So it, it was has. really nice to see what everyone was saying. But uh, thank you also to everybody who sent in stuff in the mailbag. A uh, lot of questions, a lot, a lot of questions, a lot of duplicate stuff. But we tried to group them all together. We're going to try to get to at least one from everybody, but there were a lot of duplicate questions. And of course, like, you know, what we're going to do with the show and all that was numero uno, uh, which, and yeah, I guess it brings us to spoilers for yeah. everything up to Definitely. this point. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> Just in- a few. Definitely yeah. a lot of spoilers. Uh-huh. Including stuff in the finale that maybe you have questions about. We're going to just go ahead and answer them. Uh, and mm-hmm. they will no longer be ambiguous. So uh, That's right. <laughs> pretty much how it's going to go is we're going to answer some questions, kind of all four of us going around. Then we're going to you know head around the block to Kyle's corner so he can answer some DM-specific questions that only he I'll knows. I'll do my best, I yeah. promise. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll wrap it up you know with more questions for all of us then we'll of course talk about what the future of the show is going to be the uh, entity that is bombarded the conceptualization of bards and gaming and music and all therein uh, and we have a song at the end. We did do that. So surprise, surprise. <laughs> right. You're still getting music. You thought we'd get away with it. No, we didn't. We're doing a song. So uh, I think to start it off, uh, kind of a question I've had myself, but also asked from Garrett, Shojo, Sarah, and Captain Sal's is basically more or less, can you give us your top three songs we've made for the show, kind of like what you would want to put on a greatest hits, mm. chaos sauce slash bombarded album. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. This was a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of songs. I mean, I was listening through some the other day, and one that popped out to me that is just a bop that has been stuck in my head since I heard it again was Horsey Horsey. Oh, oh yes. And <laughs> our last song to Mitch. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then we're gone. And we're gone. Bye, Mitch. <laughs> I actually think I think that song was the first song that we did remotely. Maybe. It was close to the beginning, I for sure remember. Because that is the one we came, because we had just come back from the Bicentennial, right? Yes. That was the yeah. first song, so yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I think so. I also remember about that. I was really hoping y'all would be a little haphazard with the lyrics so that if somebody was riding the horse and it was teleported back, that's how centaurs in my world were created. Oh, no. <laughs> It'd be by you three yeah. accidentally <laughs> just not considering the ramifications of teleporting a horse and whatever's around it. But alas. Sorry, hey, it's okay. Oh, my. Yeah. But what about your other two, Cal? Any other ones? I, it's You Are Loved is the one. Uh, yeah, the one you and Allie did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That one always gets me. That's a That that's was a really an, good another one. early in the pandemic one yeah. that we spent a lot of time on. Yeah. Of yeah. course, I mean, the, the Deus Ex Altonia song. Like, Oh, how, yeah. You not, that's, <laughs> that's easily in my top three for sure. Yeah. yeah. Some other runner-ups, you know, of course, like Yashi Won't You Dance With Me, that's Stella Bob. Yeah. The one where you're getting the, you're getting the stuff out of the chest in the Tomb of the Diz. Oh, the Open Up open song. Up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's one of my favorites too. Yeah. yeah. I kind of separated mine into like, okay, there were some that I just really had a good time singing mm-hmm. and then there were some that just like overall I thought it was so fun. So yes. Open Up was one of them for me. Like the Stargazers <laughs> United mm-hmm. one was uh, just yeah. fun to uh, kind of make and, and yes. put together. Um, but then like Randy G., Yes. One's new boy name, right? like that one's yes. always yeah. like puts a yeah. big smile on my face. Yeah. Oh, the uh, a splash the one where we yeah. had to make like oh God, a round right. and splash. a joke in the same one. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh, that's right. What a strange song, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, miles and miles. I think that was the first one we oh, did in five. like a complex yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Spurrier. So probably the uh, good old Gareth song, All of the Qualities of You. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one's up there, yeah. That's up there still uh, for me. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yes. That one's definitely up there. Even though technically it was a Patreon song, since it made its way to the show Ruffalo Wild Wings. Right. Easily. With, yes. You know, the yeah. brass and stuff. Oh, yeah. um, from the early days, probably Bye Bye Barenthal was always mm-hmm. a favorite. Yeah. It was always fun to do that one live the a couple times that we did. Yeah. What about you? Oh, mm-hmm. me. Yeah. yeah. So I think my top... I don't know. In the top three, I don't know if I could rank them, would be like the episode 87, Deus Ex Altonia. Yeah. Like it painted such a vivid picture in my mind. And when we put it in the like finale and, you know, put it behind all the action that was happening, it like matched exactly kind of what I thought in my head would be happening during the song, even though the middle mm-hmm. part was like kind of goofy. But, uh, <laughs> but to me, it was like this perfect amalgamation of things from the show of like the first part is like all the learning bits. Here's like things that we've learned and here's like essentially what what we would get like at school like you need to write a song with this and then that and then and all that stuff and like and like satisfy all the requirements right it basically did yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the second part was like more or less just like a Lindby song like yeah basically <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, was, you know fun and it, it like meant a lot to me like spiritually and stuff like it was like a very like I've been wanting to write lyrics like that for a long long time Word. that and like in the whole tongue and cheekness of like the Deus Ex Machina it's like what well, we've always like done with these songs and have tried to avoid and stuff it would just be so perfect in this moment to just go <laughs> totally like yeah just own straight it. ahead just like yeah just like this is what this is let's be honest and then yeah and then like having like the choir come in we were like okay well if this works like maybe we could have Yoku join in like have the big choir have like that big moment and then it wound up happening like that like Yoku didn't die so that he could like that come in <laughs> yeah and so so great like hearing that and like doing the modulation from like F minor to F sharp major that was such like a powerful move like I was like oh this feels so good and just sounded great and like just listening back to like I could listen to that section like over and over and I was so like (laughs) 
I don't know, doing that part just like meant a lot. So um Yeah. 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 There's a lot about episode eighty seven songs, but yeah, of course, <laughs> all the qualities of you, a classic. I really like the summer songs theme that like when the sun is shining. Oh yeah. Summer's yeah, coming right. and it's gonna, gonna be hot. hot. Yeah. Um I really I like if we were still playing shows and doing the band thing, like I would totally put that in our just like we have a lot of songs that we could yes. do live. So uh-huh. there's a lot there, but yeah, but but then, of course, you know, Randy's Tunnel. I really enjoyed doing that. I like the part we added. <laughs> right, 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 um, right. I thought the River Flows <laughs> remix turned out good. I wish I could have mixed it better, but oh well. When you're under a time crunch, you can only do so much. Yeah. But I like how it turned out, though. And then I also liked uh, episode 68, the Calling Us Home song, the uh, the one we did like right after Dazzle passed. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. That one, to me, like... Was because you know I have people in my life like people who have passed and like who are still here that like I still can associate with like a song or something that mm-hmm. we shared and like moments we've shared with like music and stuff. Obviously the four of us, but like you know outside of that too, and like I really like how that one turned out with like the scene that was set with like us remembering Dazzle and like sitting there like singing this old old song that, like also is part of world building. Yeah, and like that to me like encapsulated a lot of Bombarda just in that songwriting and like how we. Perform- formed it in the setting that it was in it was like yeah music bringing people together especially to remember people by um and then also another one this this also will tie into another question and that was a big one we'll try to answer these uh, a little bit more concisely uh, if we can uh, <laughs> sorry that one's on me so i should be the one to you know uh, but also in the top three for me i think would also be holiday sky um because that ties into it ties into another question from ron and shoja who both ask uh, like a favorite memory of the show like making the show or in the game Uh, for me that one's like up there like making Holiday Sky because it was just like it was just like us in the studio like laughing and having a good time and just like laughing at the song we were making and just like the ridiculousness yeah. of it and like well just like make the reindeer fly it's Christmas time or whatever we had like that sort of spirit going on and actually mm-hmm. I don't know it was probably like September or October but you know when we're recording it feels like <laughs> yeah. the holiday spirit's there I still remember I still have like very vivid memories of us sitting in here just like not being able to get through takes because we're all laughing and stuff and like just how goofy it was and how much fun that like we had putting it together and like when it was done just hearing it back and being like yes this we need to do this all the time so uh, but yeah that's my I think favorite memory uh, in the show so many I don't think I can name just one but when Kyle does the whole like during Dazzle's like remembrance and like um, Dinkle's coronation sort of like combo when he does the like raise the mug and then you know, it's got Dazzle's you take your final drink and then you turn it yeah. take your first drink with the king like, I was just like ooh Cal, come on now. Yeah, Cal. I don't know where I got that from. That was just like, just yeah. kind of came up with it. I, if there's something in my subconscious that led me to that, thank you yeah. to whatever that is. Uh, yeah. but that was a <laughs> yeah. that was a favorite moment of mine as well. And that and uh, your you three's genuine reaction to the time skip. Oh jeez, like the, the jump yeah. back in time. Just actually getting y'all's like initial reaction from that when it happened like y'all just being like wait what, what? <laughs> any anytime I, I you know y'all reacted to something in such a like oh my god like you got omg pogger face going down uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. those were some of my favorite moments yeah. so and i'm sure that kind of translated for listeners as well mm-hmm. probably in terms of making the show 
I mean, while in a weird way, it probably all worked out for the best with us doing it virtually in terms of, you know, time and crunch and being able to like take time on things with songs. There was something kind of really unique and special about all being crammed in the studio. And like, with a few exceptions, it's like, we're going to walk out of here with a song <laughs> like, written <laughs> and done yeah. and recorded. <laughs> and like, we're doing the takes in front of each other and Kyle's sleeping on the floor <laughs> playing Switch. And like, I don't know, there's just a very unique kind of, in, yeah. in, you know, just it's hard to imagine that that's how we used to do it. It was just so kind of magical and weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as far as in the show, definitely I was going to say the time skip because that was a genuine reaction. And partially for yeah. me, um, sort of a behind the scenes thing. Very rarely do I contribute much in terms of lyrics. I'm usually doing much more in terms of music. Mm-hmm. So I don't always pay attention to the lyrics maybe as much as I should. <laughs> so I didn't even contemplate the idea that those lyrics could be interpreted that way to send us back in time. To be fair, um, it was one line. One line. No, no, no. Line. That's true. <laughs> but like, critical fail. I mean, what set us back in time. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I mean, like, you guys are definitely much more tuned into the lyrics than I usually am. Yeah. Yeah. But then, I mean, and this is sort of a, I mean, the final scene of the show that, like, you know, Kyle did. I mean, the way that the music lined up with that when I was making it, like, I just had to, like, stop at points and, like, like, catch myself. Uh It was like, oh, man, this is just, it's too much. (laughs) So Group (laughs) effort on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Very nice. Um, For me, I don't know. It's a lot of things, obviously, for all of us, but kind of the, like, Yashi Tabitha stuff. It's Mm -hmm. been really fun just to, like, build this relationship with Kyle. Um, (laughs) You know, we've we've talked a lot about stuff, like things we wanted to do, things we wanted to say, you know, off mic and stuff, and kind of Mm -hmm. talking about where we wanted things to go. So that's just been, like, really fun and, and cute to have on the side is this, like, our little thing that also plays into the world we're creating. Yeah. And then just like kind of getting to, I don't know, find ways to like put myself and my own personality and things I'm feeling in the moment or stuff into lyrics and into the character Yashi. Like, I think I read something at some point that said like your first D&D character is you. Right. You're just making yourself like Uh they're just you. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. And so it's, it's kind of helped me, I don't know, see things about myself and, be more confident in certain parts of my life and who I am. So I. That's awesome. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> I know. Like, How about really that? Emotional. I'm like, so, so leaving Yashi behind, at least for now, is like really hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for sure. But then uh, I guess outside of it, it's. Um, Every month I collect all the artwork that's been posted on Twitter and stuff like that and mm-hmm. put it up on the, our website. And just getting to like see all of it together and look through it every month and see just the mass amount of really amazing stuff that's been created like with the details that we talk about or little yeah. moments we had and then like seeing it visualized. I'm a very visual person. So like this whole podcast has been nuts for me just being like, all right, I've got to stay really focused. It's just a lot of talking. I have a hard time listening to, like, RPG podcasts in general because of that. So Uh seeing some moments, like, drawn out, uh, it makes it almost make more sense to me looking back at it. So I've I've loved getting to have that experience as well. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally feel with that, with, like, you know, playing Razzle and stuff. is like, Razzle to me is, like, not 
a lot of me. Like, like personally, anyways, like Razzle is me making a D&D podcast, if that makes sense. Like Razzle is like editor Goodrich who's making the show bombarded. <laughs> like Goodrich, like not doing that and just like living my life. Like I'm, I think I'm like way more chill than Razzle is, right? But I'd like, say so. Yeah, like, like, like <laughs> Razzle would, yeah. Like Razzle would do like, or I guess I should say I would do things as Razzle sometimes. And then I would find myself like sort of doing that in an actual real world scenario, I'm like, well, I'm like being like a total razzle right now, you know, like, <laughs> but like, but like, am I though? Because I'm razzle reacting to situations. And like Ali said, yeah, it's like, is that me? Because I remember when I wrote like the river flows and all that, like I was still like pretty like, man, I cannot believe that they just like did that to me. Like, geez, like I really, I don't want to write like a song where I'm like mad at like Spurrier and Ali, but I need to like write something. It's like, well, how about I write about like the beautiful things around me and like what makes me happy and stuff. And I was like, well, that actually is kind of like what I would do in a real life situation is not like a diss track but more like a track that like just makes me feel better about the scenario mm -hmm. at hand in general mm -hmm. so it's your own take um, on favorite things yeah exactly yeah. there you so, go <laughs> <laughs> um, alright well we'll try to get through these quick those are pretty loaded questions but uh, okay Spurrier we got one for you so oh boy any favorite OST moments any OST like atmospheres you enjoyed particularly yeah. or a, a favorite track in general perhaps Perhaps or right. Well, if I was gonna say broadly in terms of like the albums, I think in a weird way the first one is actually my favorite because everything was so like new and fresh and there was no precedent <laughs> set. Yeah. And not to mention, and I don't think this is a bad thing either, like a bad or a good thing, but it was an era where like if you looked at the music notes, like Goodrich said, write a song that does this. Yeah. The end. And it lasts for this long. <laughs> and so it was just to like just to make these songs that kind of stand on their own was just so much more natural where by the end of the show I mean if you look at the final document for the episode 88 oh my it's gosh. like 12 pages long and like 7,000 words and like yeah. you know this comes in for Dear six seconds God. and then it fades away and then it comes back later but make sure to mod it so it represents this and right. like that's awesome for the show and like the purpose of the show but then to later turn those into standalone tracks sometimes it's not the most conducive thing in the world <laughs> um, <laughs> which is fine I mean it, it's serving its purpose when we discovered leitmotifs and how they could work that the podcast it was over for us we're like well I guess we'll just be writing music notes for forever now because yeah yeah exactly. everybody has a theme and everything's represented some way musically and I think we did a good job like later of like kind of reining that in a little bit but, well and finding yeah. a balance depending on the context like oh in this situation this person's theme doesn't make any sense or it needs to be on something more intense or less intense as far as the instrumentation or whatever yeah, yeah. but as far as any like specific tracks speaking of themes uh, I always really like the Dogum Brew Socks track. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just kind of trippy and going on forever. Yeah. Um, the theme for the boy, I think actually for like a leader of the boy or something, like John or something, I don't even remember. Like, yeah. uh, and so that really never came back much, but it was just this theme and this uh, melody that I really liked. So it was unfortunate how little of the boy that we saw. But um, <laughs> that sucks. And then it was just kind of like, no, no, no. It's just funny how that happens. Like, oh, this theme's great, but we'll probably use it like twice, maybe three times throughout the entire show. Yeah. And then as far as just kind of like general vibes, uh, always being at school was great. Just getting to like oh, write man. jazzy, goofy little pieces. Yes. Probably that and uh, going to the Hemp Hills I really enjoyed writing too just sort of this like Shire-esque chill kind of stuff mm -hmm. but it's really kind of amazing just like the sheer amount of like genres and instrumentation that like I had to like dabble in and try so they weren't all successes but it was fun to get to do them so. hey hey 
Honestly, I have to say, like, very well done, Spurrier. Oh, like, well, well, I, well, like, thanks. seriously, yeah. like, the amount of times you and I, like, had a genuine disagreement about, like, a track, <laughs> you could probably count on one hand over the entire that's, course of the show. That's true. When I was going back through, it's like, oh, when I was looking for something, it's like, oh, here's version two of this track. Right. And that pops up, like, three times throughout yeah. the show. And I think there was only one, I can't even remember what it is, where you and I just never agreed, and we're just like, whatever. It does just, what you have is fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. this this cannot continue. We have to make that. We have to, yeah, we're on a deadline. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. um, I think for me, though, like, a track that I've always loved is the Ira Glass theme. Oh. That, like, to me, A, because it meant I didn't have to do anything. Like, <laughs> it was like, oh, a phone call, great. But, like, there's just something about it that, like, just has that sort of, like, like, if you put, like, a beat to it, like a lo-fi beat, like, it could easily live on, like, a lo-fi beats to chill and mm, relax and study right. to sort of deal. And, like, it, I don't know, man. It's just got, like, an atmosphere to it that, like, is good, and I like it. I don't know. Well, yeah. well, thank you. Yeah. Well, it was those early days back on Volume 1 where, like, logic was still new to me. I'm like, let's try this sound. Let's try this sound. And right. things that by the end of the podcast I would never consider doing in terms of, like, just trying to find these random synths and weave them yeah. together. And uh, just funny how that all works. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, here's a, you know, here's another little fun one. What is your favorite Chaos Sauce volume? This is sort of a general one. Just I'm curious because, like, yeah. I spend so much time with these songs. But even I, even I have picked, I think, volume six. It's is, definitely volume I, six. Yeah. 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 I was going to say six, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Same. I was, I was looking through all the songs this morning. I'm like, man, okay, this one's pretty good. Like, volume three is very good. It has, like, uh-huh. miles and miles, like, all the complex stuff. And those hands are on there. Volume five was very good, like bicentennial, all that. But man, yeah, volume six. Six is the strongest as like a standalone album, like easily. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, we look at it; it's got you know, cast it off. Which I, now that I'm thinking about it, cast it off is the first. It's one song. of my favorites. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and that is, I think, the first one we did remotely. So I think oh, I, I was wrong was earlier. That, that's is that before? That was right before Horsey. Is that before Horsey Horsey? Yeah. Yeah. Episode fifty two yeah. was cast it off because we oh, had you know gosh. like help Tabitha out, and then we had to go apologize right. to Mitch and okay. Oops. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah that one's got You Are Loved on it that one's got Spicy Sweet and Keen which was you know the I love oh that one's a great yeah. one the music that we're making yeah the goofy yeah mm-hmm. with the synth stuff and Ruffle of Wild Wings Handy Randy Stargazers United of course and then you know of course All the Qualities of You rounds it out <laughs> what a way to end an album yeah so um, <laughs> and, and also that one for me also I think just holds a special place because that is when quarantine started and that is when the four of us I think personally for me anyways like it was very very rewarding and a blessing to me to be able to make music and the show with y'all during that time Mm -hmm. and like during the song making process too just like being able to have these songs to make and like hold on to in a way almost during all that was going on in the world was like such a life raft in you know the midst of everything mm-hmm. going on. So I don't know. It kind of gives Chaos Sauce Volume Six a little bit of an advantage over everything else, for sure. But. And just from like the story perspective, I mean, that's when the biggest, like, one of the biggest shifts in the entire story happens. Yeah. I mean, it's on the yeah. cover, you know. So yeah, yeah. 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 Volume Eight's good, man. Volume Nine's gonna have some good stuff on there too. So Volume you know. Nine's gonna be good. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, here is a question for Allie from Adam, who asks: <laughs> Allie Yashi is a drummer, and you've mentioned your drum set before, but how far does your percussionist expertise go? Asking as a fellow percussionist that gets hidden behind. To kit slash gym bay from time to time. Oh boy. Um, 
Probably not as much as you'd think. Uh, I mean, like, (laughs) you know, the piano is a percussion instrument. And so, like, that's uh, came into it with a lot of rhythmic skills in general. Um, I really just like messing around on my drum kit. But I've taken, like, world music drumming and learned how to play instruments from all over the place. So Mm -hmm. that's always a lot of fun. Um, But I don't spend a ton of time... Like, really working on my own stuff, it's more of, okay, I need to, like, learn this pattern, and how would I go about teaching this to a group of children, stuff like that. So, (laughs) lots of fun instruments I've tried, though, but, um, yeah, it's just, Yashi's a better drummer than I am. For sure. (laughs) Pat and Logic are a better drummer than you, we'll say. Those machines. Those machines, yeah. The the machines have taken over in that aspect of Bombarded. That is one thing I really wish, like... I know it would have never been feasible, but if we could have had an actual drummer for some of the songs we've made, to just to think how differently they could have turned out. When yeah. you think back yeah. to how we would write songs with, you know, David, Tanner, Bowser, Zach, Jared, and, like, everybody who's been behind the kid for us, like, it's yeah. just wild that it's just like, all right, here's the A section and the B section and some fills, go. And it's like, okay, yeah. cool. But at the same time, us rolling weird kits and patterns yeah. have been like foundational to some of the songs. Oh, yeah. yeah. for sure. To some yeah. of the weirdness of it all. So. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of episodes and stuff, Garrett asks, if everyone could go back and change one part about the campaign, what would it be? I know mine right off the bat. I already was thinking about this. Uh, mine would be doing the percentage rolls for the spell songs, like from day one, um, like there. and like mm-hmm. having right. our little like logic is the magic kit. Pat is the you know not magic kit, and like anytime you want to do a magic thing, we have to roll a percentage, and Kyle takes that because I really Dumb. really liked how that influenced the songwriting whenever that happened, and like yeah. the failures sure. that came out of it that like drove the story were so awesome and like true. the things that we kind of shied away from at the beginning because we were like man like all we have to do is write a song and like we could fix this problem and it's like uh like like I know like one I think somebody a while back asked like why don't you just write a fast travel song and we were always like yeah but like part of D&D is kind of like traveling and like yeah. going to places and like that's how you meet folks I know it could be like a just town to town thing but like part of the fun is like the things you find along the way you know yeah yeah. Right? So, we, so we always kind of like, I don't really want to do that. But then when we finally thought about it, like, you know, when we just did that, the fast travel song, I'm like, oh, cool, it can just fail. And so perfect. And like any time we try this, ha- has a chance of failure that makes it way more fun and way more exciting, especially in a podcast. So thank you for sticking with us through all of those sort of like, you know, deus ex machina things we wrote of like, hey, just make a magic song and it's fixed. But yeah, I think we did all right. But like having that, I think would have been fun from the beginning. So no, I agree with that. Uh, that would have been nice to have thought of. I mean, just for me, a change about a part of the campaign probably be not to be self-deprecating or anything like that. Um, Now's the time. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, bag. less y'alls, right, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, uh, no, no the y'alls. Bringing that back for the Lyarians was perfect, and I'm so glad you were down when the three of us were like, we should do that because it kind of ties in and it's perfect. We'll make Kyle feel better about his y'all issue at the beginning. <laughs> well, the thing is, is you actually validated why uh, Darius Murr said y'all the yeah. first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly our point. Scrimmaging or battling with Tabitha. But um, no, I mean, it's not so much what I'd change about the campaign, but just how I'd go about things. I've said it in many interviews, like my writing style for the campaign changed three, four, 
maybe five times over the course of it. Like when I started off, I was writing this as like, oh, I'm playing d and I'm going to write this like a and d campaign. And while that helped me out a lot, I got a lot done early <laughs> on. I was like, oh, I need to like be writing for an episode, an episodic kind of thing, um, finding the arc flow and balance of a single episode. So I think I would have changed that mentality about myself way, way sooner or had gone into it. And I mean, you know, not to start talking about things in the future, but hopefully that will serve me well going forward. <laughs> um, but if I were to change something about the campaign, it, it goes in hand in hand with what I was just talking about. But I think I would have enjoyed putting more emphasis on things going around in the school yeah. Uh, and maybe fleshed out the school a little bit more than I did and try to plant more seeds of uh, more opportunities there than I did outside of the school. I think that would have been probably a good move uh, for me, the rest of you as players, <laughs> and also uh, for Spurrier and Goodrich as the production team. But yeah, I'd say that. Well, no spoilers for later, but you know, we might go back to school. Oh. Mine would be, and I know it's not everybody's favorite, but more combat. I just, yeah, I, she wanted to fight, and I feel like <laughs> she got some good times here and there, but <laughs> you know, I think like she really could have showed off a little more often. And I yeah. think maybe we could have leveled up even more. Um, that's, that's another true. thing yeah. is like, Kyle, it would have been cool to. Maybe level up a few more times. Okay, that's, <laughs> All right. that's fine. No, that's fair. That's There's fair. just a few uh, abilities. I was like, oh, I'm so close. I know. <laughs> oh, man. And having to balance like, ooh, do I take a bard level or a barbarian level? Oh, no. Which one? It's the crux what? of multi-classing. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. decide mm-hmm. where you want to focus yourself. Yeah. And I probably, it's not so much that I would want to change it, but almost like when we did the Leon battle where it was kind of like, oh, a what if kind of thing. Yeah. When we were in the hemp hills and Dr. The patient was like offering to meet like what would have happened if we had gone that route and like mm. what he would have said uh, and what would yes. have transpired yes. rather than just running to the, um, not the astral plane. The ethereal the, plane. Uh, ethereal plane, yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah, so I'd just be curious to know what happened. I mean, especially since Doctor the Patient wound up taking over for the note. <laughs> yeah. so. A little peek behind the curtain on that. Like, I mean, I didn't write anything after that moment because I was like, well, I got to see if they're even going to go for it. And <laughs> right, if they right. do, cool. If they don't, all right. But, All you right. know, uh, so yeah, I I will say I have no idea what would have happened if you had gone well, with them. That as makes of me now. feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have my ideas, but nothing set in stone. Okay, okay. Well, Jacob asks, as players and Kyle as a DM, what is something you've learned playing your characters from this campaign and that you will bring with you to future campaigns and characters? Uh, I'll go ahead and kick it off and say a lot of what I just said <laughs> is applicable to this question. <laughs> but another thing is I, not taking myself too seriously. Seriously. You know, I had this really like, you know, set vision on like, you know, okay, what's this story? What's this going to be? How's the reactions? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as as the campaign progressed, I kind of started to let go of that. But everything I do from it at this point, it's like, well, (laughs) I'll make what I make and I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to beat myself up over something being not as well thought out or not as well prepped fair um, so just not not taking myself too seriously yeah yeah to answer like i am gonna kind of answer it in like a weird way about like something i've learned more about i guess myself as a D player is like i really want to play but like just play D, <laughs> not like record a podcast and be thinking about production and like especially with us like where's the song gonna come in like all that yeah because like that for me like I feel like has really not hindered but like I guess hindered is the right word of like I am thinking of like 
okay, like we're at this amount of time. We've done this amount of things. Like, you know, we've done something interesting in the episode. Like, cool, where's the song going to go? Trying to keep a bunch of things in my brain for when I edit later, making notes in Pro Tools as we're going and like all this stuff that like I really wish I could just put down and just really have a character in front of me and just like play the game with a bunch of like, you know, with us and just like play Razzle and not worry about a song. Like would Razzle be any different if like we were just playing the four of us and not making a show and like, what would that mean for me and stuff like that I think would be interesting to see. And like, I would love to do that. Uh, PS, uh, the four of us maybe would be super fun. Uh, (laughs) If we ever, if we ever wind up streaming anything, I'm not, I see That's what I mean though. I'm saying like, not even on a stream. I'm saying like just, playing just sitting at a table friends, just playing some sure. D&D like cuz I feel oh, like yeah. I'm a person who actually would really enjoy combat to like really get in the nitty-gritty. Oh no, gritty I remember what you did with one of your first characters which I'm not <laughs> going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, no, but like cuz like and I do feel like in the show like we definitely did sort of stray away from combat a little bit, which kind of I think wound up being okay because we're bards and stuff. Like it, it did suck Fair, for yeah. Ali mm-hmm. as Yashi being like a combat-centric character with a being a barbarian, but there definitely were some things I think would have gone very differently if we weren't making a show about bards and stuff. So yeah. that's the long-form answer for me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, like, it's kind of similar to that, but, like, the opposite. Like, I was, I don't know, so nervous about um, doing this in the first place, just, like, worrying about, you know, things I was saying or the way I was acting where it maybe didn't come across very, like, cool or fun or good listening, Mm -hmm. like, material (laughs) and stuff. So I was, like, very nervous and anxious going into all of this when we started. Um, But I think throughout, I've built up a lot of confidence in just, like, improving and Mm -hmm. going with stuff and, you know, blurting something out and seeing what happens (laughs) and letting you guys react and letting it go. I want all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas when I started, like, I was very reserved. I, you know, I've listened back um, and had to, like, look over transcripts and stuff. And it'll be, like, whoever's doing the transcript is like, I don't know what Yashi said here. It was (laughs) very quiet. We have no idea. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I had a funny thing to say, but I was nervous about saying it, so I just mumbled it quietly (laughs) to myself and, you know, (laughs) so that nobody hear. But, like, the first time where it was the, uh, oh, it's lit thing, and then that turned into, like, the dance club under the college, (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay, no, this can be a fun thing where I say random stuff, and it's okay, and we Uh roll with it and see what happens. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a much more confident player now. Nice. um, I'd say so. And feel really good about Mm -hmm. all of that personally. So I... I don't know. And I think it's it's kind of helped like me just in real life too, feeling better about some things. Sure. So. sure. You need to pull out your inner Yashi and have it, you know, be able yeah. to go in public. Right. Now. I'd be like, well, Yashi wouldn't be afraid to say something here, so <laughs> I'm not gonna either. Well, and what's like more <laughs> improvisational than being in a room full of like fifth and sixth graders and you're just like <laughs> That's the weird thing is like I literally do this as a job where I just have to like, yes, I have a I'm trying to teach this thing. But there's all of the conversations that 
that happen and I get right. asked the most random questions and I have to like make up stories off the top of my head sometimes to <laughs> give context to a song or a dance or whatever. Yeah. So I do this all the time, but like the thought of having it recorded and then like strangers listening to it and uh-huh. <laughs> them thinking I'm like a cool person was the scariest thing. So I've, I've been enjoying that part of just feeling better about myself. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, great. No, yeah, that's thank awesome. you. Yes, it was great. <laughs> well, kind of going off of the improvisation thing, but like the other way, what it makes me think of is, you know, unless Kyle asked us specifically to like plan something or give him information or think about something, I usually just went into the recording like, let's just go for it. Let's just uh, see what happens. Yeah. We're like, Goodrich, like, and that I think this is partially because you listen to the episode exponentially more than the three of us. Mm-hmm. So you're like True. jotting down questions, jotting down specific things you want to say. And I like basically never did that. So I think it could be interesting to <laughs> like potentially like find a modicum of that. It wouldn't be like a huge thing, but just like it's not always just completely off the top of the head. Yeah. But then on the kind of going off of just the production side of it, whatever we do moving forward, the fact that it's not going to be two weeks to make an episode, we will have more time. Oh yeah, my gosh. For sure. Yeah. It just makes me think of the Lindby days where like a song could literally evolve over the course of years, uh-huh. like from Sunsetting Skies to Shaman version one to the funk version, or like even just little like riffs and stuff as we jam on it live. And like this becomes a catalyst to the song and like in the studio, but it's like, nope, you put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. Uh-huh. And I just want to have time to like let songs kind <laughs> of know. simmer let them marinate. for a bit, yeah. like simmer in the sauce and like or the uh-huh. broth and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah so it's just such a novel concept and i'm very much looking forward to being able to do that again at least a little bit yeah, yeah. and then uh finally just a going into it and I think this question gets asked later about how we picked like if we were good or evil and all that Right. and with Randy being chaotic evil uh, yes there was part of it because of like Eddie and all those things and his background but the fact that our characters can evolve and we're not stuck in that setting for the entire campaign like I feel like Randy yes like he'd still stab you in the back if he felt like it but I feel like he got a lot nicer overall as the campaign (laughs) went on and like was much more loyal to people and doing things and partially like having Eddie out of him and leaving the nowhere man and like focusing more on the bard side. It just, I wasn't expecting that level of change to happen over the course of the show. So for sure to that aspect, I probably anything going forward, I probably wouldn't put any kind of alignment. You just play your character and if you're a bastard, you're a bastard. You're a good dude, you're a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Well, but we wouldn't have the name Chaos Sauce if you hadn't That's true. made us That's true. pick. So. You're right true, about true, that. True, true, All right, we're moving on. Sky asks, what will you miss most about this part of the podcast? Probably this right here. I was going to say. Getting to see yeah, you guys. That's and a, right. Easy answer. Having like standing hangouts every other weekend. and <laughs> Which is not yeah, to say we can't just do that, but it was nice right, to have like, you know, something that forced us to be like, all right, we have to schedule time to hang out. Ugh, what an inconvenience. Oh, no. you know? <laughs> Dang it. But yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely that. And then... Again, this goes against what I just said, but forcing ourselves to constantly create music and just put stuff out uh-huh. because it's led to things that we probably never in a million years would have made if it wasn't just like put I something know. out, put something out, put something out. So it's such a fine line to walk. Yeah. So, uh, well, Ashin asks uh, obviously, as a band, you guys have touched plenty of people already with your music and such, but how does it feel to have touched a whole lot more people in a completely different way or at least through a different avenue? Like we created a fandom and that must feel pretty surreal. It is. It's very surreal. Yeah, When we is. started this, it was kind of just like a, hey, look, Taz is super funny and it sounds like they're having a lot of fun. We're getting tired of just making albums and playing shows. We want to have fun. And then we've told the story of how 
<laughs> not that we weren't having fun, but you know, <laughs> yeah, fun yeah. want to have fun. <laughs> We've told the story of like how we started, you know, playing D and D. Like, what if we combine this into being bards? And it's been amazing. And the fact that so many people have like latched onto it and have been so supportive is. Uh, it feels amazing. For so, sure. Yeah. Uh, thank For you sure. very much. Uh, here's an, All right. Well, here's a fun one. Uh, Adelaide says, quick, the bards are playing Smash Ultimate. Who are they playing as and who's winning? Razzle oh, yeah. is not winning. I can tell you that uh, because Razzle is either playing as Kirby or Jigglypuff, I think. Uh, I think maybe Kirby, <laughs> though, because of, you know, the whole, like, transforming, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I do, yeah. I do think it is that, and I think that Razzle is like me and is a very average Smash player who can hold their own but not dominate or being like, you know. <laughs> Smash master? Yeah, exactly. Sure. So. Uh, Yashi is probably losing, um, but she's having a great time watching like Donkey Kong smack his hands on the ground and yeah. <laughs> punch people every once in a while really, really hard. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'll just pick the biggest dude and, and take everyone out. But then yeah. she's, you know, much like myself playing Smash, is mostly just falling off the edge. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll drop in and I'll, I'll say for or Orfell. Oh, I'll say okay. Orfell is... Probably winning, but only because he's sitting there as Game and Watch and just going sausage, sausage, <laughs> sausage. <laughs> oh man, um, Randy would probably be like me, being Samus. What with being a bounty hunter and all, seems kind of fitting for Randy. That's fair. Mm. And you know, winning a couple of times here and there, probably using the big giant beam cannon to stack up some kills, yeah. maybe in the the more cheap way. But it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think out of the four of us, like Kyle and Spurrier, usually wind up alone more often than not. Yeah, uh, yeah, it yeah. Like, give me card any day. But, well, uh, in terms <laughs> of trying to win, but yeah. All right. Well, we've got a couple that have to do with our spell songs. So Ruben mm. asks, were there any songs for spells you didn't get a chance to use? And if so, can we hear some of them? And Austin asks, what was each of y'all's favorite spell song to play and to hear? Uh, for me... I think my favorite was the Eurythmics cover, the talk with me like, insert animal name here, (laughs) just because it was always fun to play and was easy. Um, I don't even think I know exactly what the real song sounds like, or if I do, it's been blocked out of my mind, just, just, you know, hearing Razzle. just, I think that was maybe one of the first ones I played. I can't remember. It is, yeah, against the phase spiders. Yeah, so it always will hold a special place in my heart. And then, of course, like the... Uh, when we did it for the holiday one-off, the speak with animals, speak with animals, blah, 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 <laughs> was fun. Um, and then, of yeah. course, the get in the zone, zone of, of truth, truth was Real. great. <laughs> I thought when we was getting ready for this that I had done all of them, but there was always at the bottom of my list that I always forgot about was dancing lights. And mm. I don't think I ever did anything for it, but thinking about it, I think I would have just done like Darut's Sandstorm. Like, <laughs> it just would have been Rouser going, I don't know. I would think you would have gone with Dancing Queen, right? Oh, okay. Here are my dancing lights. There's help me in a fight. All right, well, I'll do that instead. That's what it would have been. So, Good. If it comes up later. Uh, <laughs> uh, mine was, let's see, favorite one to do, probably Comprehend Language, just because I get to do some yeah. Shaka Khan. That's always fun. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's one of my favorite ones to um, listen to. 
and getting a little yeah. wow in the background. Thanks for the help always. Uh-huh. Um, that or the knocking on heaven's door one, just getting to be oh, goofy with the yeah. Guns N' Roses version of uh-huh. it. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I think the only ones I did all of my spell songs, but the only one I had stuff playing for that I didn't get to do was like higher levels of animal friendships. I think I only oh. did it once. Mm. I think it was with Sandy or a different animal. I can't remember. And it was like I used the Tenacious D friendship is rare, but I had like oh, and- three more levels planned with <laughs> Beatles a little help from my friends. Right. Uh, you got a friend in me, Randy Newman. Yeah. And the uh, White Stripes were going to be friends. Naturally. Didn't ever get to do that. I'm not going to sing it now. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> we got Dancing Queen out of you, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, as far as favorites, well, um, in the show, the different versions of Polymorph, because getting to do the Jurassic Park theme and the Donkey Kong theme and stuff was always goofy to do. Yeah. Live, um, when we were at PAX, um, when I did Randy Green Trees Candy Fix It, <laughs> yeah. had a way more positive response than I was expecting. So that was just very fun to like see how that panned out. That's <laughs> so good. Uh, as far as ones that I didn't get to do bard-wise, um, I had Blade Ward, and I was going to do the Radiohead song Knives Out. Not nice. going to do that and try to be Tom York right now, because that would be sad, mm-hmm. and I didn't create lyrics, so uh, <laughs> that would have happened when it happened. And then Vicious Mockery, which just would have been Queen, We Will, We Will, Mock You. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. man. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, you weren't going to do any more of the verses? Like, Mother York and Mock, blah, 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 blah. I guess it would have been a conditional basis based really on who we were Really just trashing people. Yeah. Oh, that's boy. right. That's right. Yeah. So, that, so that never panned out, unfortunately. Yeah, she's Louise. Um, knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door was always an awesome one just to hear Allie have fun with that. And then, uh, what's the one that you did where it's just like the descending nine chord and it's also in Young Frankenstein? Oh, yeah. The I Ain't Got Nobody. Yeah. Because that just makes me think of Young Frankenstein. So how can you go wrong there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, anywho, well, speaking of me, uh, Zachary asks, does Goodrich have any wild shape forms that he has wanted to transform into but never rolled? I mean, that would generally be anytime I rolled, there was something I wanted to transform into. <laughs> More often than not, did not. Uh, but yes, what I always was hoping for was a crit fail because my crit fail uh, creature was an awakened shrub, oh, which right. I really thought would have been funny in the show and would have been great and would have been great material for future things. Uh, but it didn't ever happen. Yeah. But yeah, an awakened shrub in the little blurb, it says an awakened shrub is an ordinary shrub given sentience and mobility by the awakened spell or similar magic. So it's just like, I'm a little bush. Which druids can learn. So you could, you know, Razzle could just make one. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, anywho, so we got a couple of, uh, Tabitha and Yashi questions. So mm. dark, not telling asks, do Yashi and Tabitha get married? If so, please act it out right now. And then stum attack asks, will we be getting some kind of one shot about Yashi and Tabitha's? Wedding, I want her version of I'm a dork for this orc. So, Alan and Kyle, <laughs> okay. go, go, go. Uh, okay. Well, first, I think Yashi's probably always writing little songs to and for Tabitha. Aww. So, there's probably a plenty of little uh, dorky, orky songs out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> as far as like marriage, I don't, we haven't really thought that far into it, but I mean, Kyle yeah. kind of talked about it. And I don't like, I think they, I'm sure, stay together for. I don't know how long, hopefully a while, but Tabitha's a half-elf. She lives... Yeah, 180 years. We're going down. And Yashi has like a human type age. So like at some point, maybe not, but but not to get sad there. Seriously. You know, like (laughs) Yashi and Tabitha, they're both so young. This is their first big like love, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could see them like, I don't know, traveling the donut together, like (laughs) really (laughs) seeing all that these new realms have to offer. I don't know if they're 
the type that would like actually get married, but just like have a very serious commitment. Yeah. And travel together and be together as as long as it like suits them and stuff. And well, I would hope that's as long as possible. I have no idea. <laughs> their life together is the ceremony. That's pretty much fair, it. They're fair. they're living their entire life together. Um, you know, but yeah. hey, you if if you're out there and you're writing fanfic and you think they did I go for it. I mean, sure. Like, you know, that's just my initial thought of like, man, I could see them really like having some amazing travels together. Like, I don't know if they ever have kids, but definitely like traveling with others for a time and then saying goodbye and meeting new people along the way. And they're probably animal people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see them collecting lots of animals and like having, you know, when we used to have kind of the like, (laughs) yes. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that, but (laughs) more sanities. Maybe Sandy would be the mom of the group. (laughs) Maybe they could go take over rent a Sandity when they retire, you know, and and get tired and Yashi's getting older. That's it. Maybe maybe Sandy goes back and turns out Randity is still there. As long as they aren't siblings or something, maybe they have some little sanities that we take on the road with us. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, All right. Well, Michael asks, uh, how do you all balance world building with fun and player agency? There are so many vibrant parts of world building that I'm sure y'all would love to explore, but also sometimes it's hard as a DM to fold and throw away stuff when the players go a different way than you expected. How does everyone at the table make sure the stories being told are ones they want to tell? Uh, well, the, I can kind of answer that one easily. I mean, we do this episodically, so we have a lot of time to talk about, <laughs> like, in between episodes. Like, it's true. you know, Kyle is always checking in with us of, like, you know, hey, like, is this okay, what we're doing? Like, towards the beginning, it wasn't as much because, you know, we were new and, like, we weren't really sure what we were going to do Well, and everything, this. like, was kind of just like, oh, it doesn't really matter. We're just right. here doing whatever. But <laughs> exactly. as things started becoming more like, okay, this is getting serious. <laughs> <laughs> Once the yeah. Taz ad went out, we were like, uh-oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> Got to stick up stuff a little bit but yeah I, I, I think I don't know I think just like letting Kyle sort of do it and like I think it took us some time I definitely uh, talk the most as I have done this whole mailbag I'm sure uh, and I do feel bad about that especially when I go back and edit and I'm like hey sorry <laughs> going off the rails a little bit um, so I do sort of regret that in a, in a little ways but like um, what do y'all think well, I should stop talking I mean, <laughs> as far as the world building goes I mean yeah I did uh, of course as the DM you do a lot of the heavy lifting on that but however you know Know, I had each of you come up with like a backstory, write a little something about yourselves. And, you know, the world was formed more or less around your characters' backstories, things that happened, the trinkets that you got. Yeah. Some of them, you know, like Yashi's trinket played the most pivotal role in the story being the schematics. Mm-hmm. But there were moments where I got to talk with y'all and flesh things out and figure some things out as far as like what you think. Because, I mean, like the Voxmort tribe or the Nowhere Men or the Udalali clan, like those are y'all's creations. And you were graceful enough to let me kind of mold and shape things here and there as I needed them for the story. But at the end of the day, you are what spawned that part of the world. And uh, you were nice enough to let it grow while also helping me nurture it. So it's like we were tending a garden all together. Right. Yeah. A bearberry grove, one might say. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and going off of the idea of, like, yes, Kyle's, like, leading the, you know, he's building the world overall and leading the story, but the fact that the four of us are kind of all contributing, 
the fact that the four of us can, like, if there's ever an issue or ever something that we're not comfortable with, like it's fine for us to all talk about it and bring it up and change something if we need to. And yeah. not that probably anyone thinks this, but in case you do, we don't just do this like in one take. Like oh, yeah. we stop yeah. and we, you know, go back and we do things again if we need to, or we stop and think and all this. I mean, it's the weird balance of this being a show at the same time. And I think the fact that right. we allow ourselves to do that makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, this actually goes into another question. Actually, we can kind of skip over to uh, David35 asks, are there any outtake moments that really stick out for any of you? <laughs> um, uh, well, unless, Allie, did you have anything to add to the other one? No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, solid. <laughs> okay. You guys covered it. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of them are Kyle forgetting a character voice. Oh, and my so God. Right? Like Kyle being like, oh, wait, <laughs> hold on. Actually, pause. I need to, like, go back and listen to, like, <laughs> what this is. Especially Dinkle, for some reason, you're always forgetting. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it always wound up just being, like, my normal voice somehow. Like, that's yeah, why I couldn't sure. remember it. It's just me. Right. It's just me. <laughs> um, For me, they're, like, very insignificant outtakes, but just, like... There was a lot of moments that we just had to, like, redo because maybe there was a a fun swear or something that happened. And it was like, all right, well, we knew that that wasn't going to make it in. It was really just for us. We said it in the moment. Uh Now let's do the take that will actually make the show Uh and it'll be fine. I'll have to find those, too, because a lot of those (laughs) happened, like, before I was posting outtakes to the Patreon. And it just became ingrained in us to just, like, behave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? I always love starting recording by, like, Hey everyone, welcome back to Mabarded, and then a string of obscenities just <laughs> just we'd have to restart. Yeah, yeah. Kyle got it out of his system. Now let's begin. <laughs> That's true. Um, and yeah, then I guess most recently, like the final tavern scene, which we'll talk about more here in a little bit. But like, oh, yeah, Kyle sure. did like four runs of that, I think. And like the first two, you were still getting warmed up and we couldn't use them anyways because your mic had fallen down and none of us had realized it. So it was like pointed at like the window. So it's like Kyle's like off in the distance. <laughs> like, oh, well, those are <laughs> trash right to begin with. And then uh, Kyle w- went through it like a- another time, like couldn't make it through because you know, Kyle was getting all, you know, verklempt and choked up. up. Yeah. And it's so funny in the outtake because like none of us are rolling on it because we knew it was just going to be Kyle. So there's these little pauses and like of me and Spurrier like yelling at Kyle, like, you're doing so good it's so good you're like i know i just can't do it like what you're doing so great and now it's just in the background laughing there that's a really great outtake also with more fun swears from kyle because he was upset he couldn't get through it but like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah not a ton most of the stuff that we cut is just like dumb stuff i say i mean if we're being completely honest like again i talk so much and part of it definitely is like that sort of like producer brain in me of like you know keep things moving and stuff but mm-hmm. i was also thinking like I'm kind of like the de facto one like on stage when we play like live shows that like keeps that show moving as well right yep. you know so there's True. no like awkward pauses in between songs of, like introducing alright I hope you're enjoying yourself like this next one's about blah 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 you know like earlier on in the show I don't know like, honestly like probably throughout the entire thing like it was sort of that <laughs> energy <laughs> but, right, yeah. right, uh, yeah. but anyways yeah so here's an easy one Skylar asks where did y'all get the name Limby from a uh, street I used to live on do you know motorcycles right <laughs> So if you know motorcycles, there are these things called highway bars, and you can put them on a motorcycle so your legs don't get tired. No, that was an unfortunate coincidence that we had no idea about. Do you know a guy named Tom? Tom, yeah, also right. not us. Tom Lindby, our champion. 
or King of Wonderland. That's an album that is not ours, but is underneath. It shows up on our Spotify, though. Oh, does it? Well, that's something yeah. I guess I can look into now that I have time. Maybe. I don't know if there's anything yeah. I can do about it. Nah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's the street that uh, I used to live on, and uh, when we formed the band proper, like, we practiced in our garage, classic garage band style. A proper garage band back in the day. Uh-huh. Caitlin asks, what happened to the journals given to the bards in episode one? I'm just going to say uh, Razzle left his in his room and didn't have it when the time skipped happened. So who knows? It's at <laughs> Strumlock. Yeah, there's somewhere. no telling. I'd like to know it too because uh, <laughs> I still haven't given you your final grade. Oh, um, oh. So I guess we'll. Never <laughs> I know. feel like I feel like it was uh, maybe just turned into like less taking notes about historical things and things being seen and more like a doodle journal, <laughs> writing lyrics. Right. Yeah. Gooders kind of similar to how your like lyrical scratch paper ends up looking. Oh, where yeah. you're like, I'm gonna write all these little things in different areas and maybe draw some things. It's like we actually have real journals in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is true. Yeah. So if you're on the Patreon, you've seen those, and it's great. That's exactly how this yeah. happened and how the show is made. So. Yeah, and Randy probably either lost his or left it because he had to keep room in his pack for the symbol journal that he lifted, and we never wound up doing anything oh, with it. Yeah. It was in my inventory the entire time. Oh, so. man. You know what's funny? Uh, I'll be honest. I, like, I probably would have needed to pause if you had ever busted that out and been like, okay, what uh, the hell? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> what are the symbol secrets? Yeah. Well, Sammy asks, regarding the King of Condiments, which is a Lindby song, I have just one question. Uh, what? And you're <laughs> not wrong. Uh, it was a lark, pretty much, that a... A person who used to be in the band, she wrote the lyrics and I think came up with the concept of like a me without you type of song, like the fox, the crow, and the cookie type of deal where there's just like this fantastical fictional person who's the king of all condiments. Uh, Annalise Stelzer, she did that. She wrote and concepted that. Yeah, I think she wrote all the verses and then you wrote the chorus. And I wrote, wrote the chorus. Yeah. The I old gravy the train. On the yeah. gravy yeah. train, yeah. But yeah, that's where it comes from. It's just a goof. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lydia and Kaz both ask, what is a music theory lesson, concept, technique, etc., cetera, uh, that you didn't get to incorporate but would have loved to include? Uh, Spurrier, do you want to go ahead and answer this one? Because I think I know oh, who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you may recall we have these eight-sided dice that have chords on them. The chord dice. Sort what? of instrumental, yeah, <laughs> Above, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but there's a companion set of dice by the same company who still, you know, didn't sponsor the show, but it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, fine. it's too late now. It's Where too late now, yeah. You know that they're like here? They're in North Texas. Like I was going to say, I thought com. so. Yeah, it's yeah. Wow. We got some doors to go knock on. <laughs> and now we have time I'm to do it. I'm leaving right now. But there are six-sided dice that um, have these big jazzy extensions on them that divvy it up like, oh, if you roll a one, four, or five, use these extensions. If you Uh roll a two, three, or six, I don't think they even have seven on there because we love seven. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, we just never did that. And it would have been an interesting thing. And not that we didn't do plenty of extensions anyways, especially to sometimes cheat (laughs) the system. Actually, on the last song... Tell um, them, tell them, because we never told Kyle (laughs) this and I feel kind of bad about it. So we didn't roll a six. But I just did a C6 over A, which was essentially just an A minor 7. It's a 6. It's a (laughs) 6. It's just a 6. But I was technically following the rules. We never made any rules about bass inversions. Whatever. I texted Spurrier. (laughs) I was like, seriously, dude? Like, (laughs) you were just like, I do. It's not the first time. I definitely have done seven chords where the fifth was in the bass. They just made a 5 7 or a 5 9. Pull 88 (laughs) from the feed. Let's read it. Start over. I know. Percentage is now 30%. And. I don't know how we would have taught this, but kind of by proxy of those extension dice, just 
teaching like how to read a chart and how to learn how to play a chart and just because yeah. there's just so many people like my mom has recently started to take back up piano like she's really good at playing piano but never learned theory or chords or charts and she's like I can't believe I was doing all this and had no idea what I was doing yeah and just yeah. but how you yeah. would impart that in, in like an audio medium some of the lessons were tricky enough as yeah. is well and, so. and you can I mean and it also obviously depends on the instrument you play it's and like the a, instrument you're yeah, playing exactly mm-hmm. that would be a huge factor as well so. yeah not enough sonata theory that's my there you oh, go. Form an analysis <laughs> through and through. Give me my Hepikoski and Darcy off the shelf and let's talk. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. No. Man. Okay. Oh, you know what that is? It's time for Cal's Corner. Wow. We go Hey, everyone, welcome to my corner. You're going to learn about things. I'm going to warn you about the things you're going to learn. You're warned. I guess warned. you've been warned and spoilers. I mean, there's been spoilers, but probably even more now. So let's start off with the Mrs. Whitmer asks, were there any times that the bard surprised you with actions or choices in the games or like what was your favorite or like wildest time? I throw it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. What it, you don't remember, Goodrich? You don't remember? Oh, I threw it on the ground. Or the, or the Earth <laughs> Elemental. Right. That's fair. Oh, Dwayne. Oh, Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a wild one. I was not expecting that to just happen. Uh, it could have been really helpful, I don't know, in like a final battle or something. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was, a, that was a pretty wild time. Yashi deciding to pick up carpentry? That oh, was yeah. a, a fun kind of out there thing where it's just like, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. Let's go for it. It was handy. It did come in super <laughs> handy. <laughs> handy. You're absolutely right. Um, Randy's decision to actually talk to the nowhere man on the road to uh, Alistair. Yeah, oh, Alistair right. Goggins. Yes, yes. that Mr. was surprising Kite, yeah. to me too. Mr. I was like, Kite. are you trying to get murdered? And you were like, eh. Yeah, I'm, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, right. maybe it was me making up for not hanging out with Dr. The Patient. Uh, ah, yeah. yes. It was a subconscious thing. Got it. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I have a question for you. Well, One that well. the three of us are are uh, very curious about. Which, Fire away. What were all of the freaking secret roles you kept making? Like, there were the ones after after the songs that you were making, sometimes we would do a magic song, and then uh, there was like one you made in the finale when we did the Altonia song. Okay, I'll start off and, with like, the finale. Any, any one. other secret DM roles you were making? Like what were? Those? I'll start off with the finale one. Uh, okay. Of course, we had the role to see if your song was successful. It was, and then <laughs> the role that I did behind the screen was to see if Altonia cared enough about the song you sang oh to actually God. respond to it. She did. <laughs> Uh, uh, the secret roles that I were doing after the time skip were the, um, in my mind, the way I was processing it and justifying it was you had done something so bonkers, uh-huh. for lack of a better term, that yeah. like it caused a ping for the Lyarions and their plane where it's like, hey, wait, 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 wait what was that? <laughs> what was that? Mm. So every time you played a song, I was rolling uh, I was rolling a D100 and I started with a 1%. And every time you did a magical song, I added a percent to it. And uh, I rolled and I said, okay, if I get below that number, that means the Lyarions have like pinged them. They know where they are at. Okay. How will they respond? What will they do knowing that somebody that has done what has happened there is somehow still doing it despite the three Lyarions left behind being stripped of their ability to essentially do that. And you never rolled low enough? Yeah, after what's happened to us. <laughs> after at least 30-something magical songs. No, 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 no. It, was, it wasn't. No, it really wasn't. You did a few songs that weren't magical, so I didn't roll for those. Um, 
Um, I don't believe it ever really got above eight or nine, if I'm okay. counting correctly. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I had to make an executive decision as a dungeon maestro and decide what do I actually want to do with this. I had a lot of ideas going into it, and it's something that uh, I talked about with Adam and Russ, who I mentioned in the middle bit of the finale, uh, was I have this thing. I kind of have an idea because I was thinking like, oh, you know, if they roll below it, they're going to show up and they're it's going to be a whole nother issue. Right. And <laughs> part of me was saying, I like it, but not for the podcast. It's one of those uh-huh. things that was kind of birthed out of my my idea of being like, I'm writing for Dungeons and Dragons rather than mm-hmm. I'm writing for Bombarded the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Right. That was one of those things that I guess it was a holdover, if you will. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, what is this going to add? What could it bring to the table? And honestly, I thought about it long enough and I was like, okay, it complicates more than it adds. And as far as storytelling goes, I don't want to complicate something without it adding something of equal or greater value. Nice. So my justification in the end game is when we have the scene of you scrying on Reed and Reed saying, yeah, I think we're going to be able to go home. That's him talking to a Lyarion back on the plane before everything was merged. Because I did roll. I did roll below it at one point. Oh. And I was just like, I need to know what to do with this. And uh, so my justification is is that uh, Reed had uh, somebody on the inside, on the other side, that was still watching over him, helped him keep his like ability and whatnot so that he could do everything that he needed to do. Because that's why it, he basically played along with the idea of not being able to see Legato or Theremin. And so like when he showed up after you had solved the issue of them not being able to see each other, he was like, oh, yes. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's why he didn't make a big deal out of it is because he, oh, wow. he was never officially actually stripped of that power. Uh, what a jerk. Uh, Man, Reed is the worst yeah yeah (laughs) so my justification for not actually acting upon that is that the person who saw it the the person who was working that day was the uh (laughs) cohort of reed and so they contacted reed they're like hey by the way this is happening that's really funny it's it's all that crap that happens behind the scene that like yeah i've got to come up with them like okay why is this a thing why is it not a thing now yeah uh honestly we're just kind of like spilling it right now and putting it out on the table which is fine uh and you've been ready to for so I know, long. Right? <laughs> I have. Uh, you know, I personally think it was for the better. I think it would have added a whole layer where everything was already starting to gear. By the time that it happened, everything was gearing up towards the finale. Yeah. And so I just made an executive decision, was like, I don't need to do this. Right. As much as I want to, I don't need to do this. <laughs> well, well, actually, speaking of Reed, had a couple of questions. Uh, Peter and Garrett are both asked more or less the same thing of like, where did the demon Reed transformed into come from? Like, is it the monster manual? And if not, like, what's the name? And Garrett asked specifically, like, did you know Reed was going to be the BBEG big bad from the beginning? Uh, I did not know that Reed was going to be the big bad from the beginning. I figured that out maybe about, mm, might have been actually after the time skip, where I was like, (laughs) okay, I've put some stuff on the table. Uh, My entire process was very much coming up with things as I go. I had had like an overarching idea, and then whatever winds up falling under the umbrella of that, I'm like, okay, here's where I can move and manipulate Uh things and put them where I need to. So uh, Reed being the bad guy versus Darius Murr actually being, the big bad kind of actually came around based off of you as players because you had those moments with Tabitha who was being observed by Darius Mur Yoku and you you reminded him of his old power his old ability 
through those interactions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, that could change somebody's mindset of like, you know, what's good, what's bad, what what do I really want to do? As far as the demon transformation, uh, I, that's just anime from stuff I've seen. I mean, I don't, there's not an actual stat block. I don't really have anything for that. Just, I, I did use for the lightning thing, I changed the mechanic of it, but I used an ancient blue dragon's lightning breath attack and I changed it from being a line to be able to be like a sweeping arc. Uh-huh. Of course, he had, you know, Reed had legendary resistances, legendary actions. We kind of dipped out of initiative in that aspect, but still, that's why the, it's like, like pretty much every time it's like Reed was able to do what he needed to do or do what he was doing in that form. How close were we to like felling the beast of Reed? Like I know he healed himself, but like prior to that, yeah. You never got him below a like 75%. Ugh. Great. Yeah. You uh, know, not to get into something else, but to answer this question, get into it. There's not anything official as far as Reed's transformation, other right. than the fact that I did want to allude to that this is a possibility based off of Yoku's experience. The actual inspiration that comes to mind is it's actually the demon from uh, an anime called Black Clover. Uh, that's kind of like what starts the story off. And mm-hmm. I was like, that seems cool. And then if you watch the show, spoilers for that, but there's something that explains where that came from. So I kind of, again, just was like, oh, man, that's really cool. Steel. Yeah. Well, that and <laughs> yeah. Titan, too, it kind of seemed like with, like, I'm going to eat you and get your power. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> just you just kind of blend it all together, yeah, and eventually sure. you'll come up with something where it's like, oh, you know, I can taste that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, switching gears entirely, uh, Lee or Leah asks, what happened to Fibblewix McFlibs, a.k.a. Fingerbones? You know, make it to Strumlots. How did Fingerbones shake? out in universe a Fingerbones does go on to be able to make it into strumlots uh All right. universe b maybe <laughs> maybe you know what i tell you what we'll just roll for it right oh, now no. oh, what are your percentage chance i think he got to that 75 percent chance from y'all helping him yeah, yeah. and whatnot Good. let's say 60 okay so all right, I rolled a 14 on a d20. So that's like that's like there. Oh, Nailed nice. It. Cool. Yeah, Fibblewix and Phillips made it in. Is this right. universe B you're talking about? Yes. I always imagined that because we three didn't show up, like three waitlisted kids made it in, and he was one of them. <laughs> one of which, yeah. So <laughs> That's that's yes. exactly how it happened. He's that's actually awesome. one of Symbol's uh, students, and that's just perfect. mentioned him. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Symbol's just like, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. Um, all right. Well, in the same sort of vein, Peter asks, what happened to Timo? Let's just get all these knocked out real quick. <laughs> he came to be, you know, the most renowned inline cart rider uh, that this donut's ever seen. Awesome. And <laughs> we'll live on in infamy through sound, music, and tale. Excellent. Boom. All right. Boom. <laughs> Done. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, some more for you. Larry the Turtle 23 asks, what's up with Io? And them, Jane, and Goblin all ask, what's the deal with Melvin and stuff and all that business? So oh go, go, go. Uh, you got it. IO is correct. And uh, if you didn't pick up on it, the group is called the Switchers. IO on off. Um, oh, nice. I did not oh. get that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. You know, that's one of those things where I started writing and I was like, okay, I can introduce this. It was meant to be a foil to the Nowhere Man and kind of give Randy that opportunity uh. to maybe work towards unveiling that, dismantling, doing whatever, whatever it is, Spurrier, you wanted as Randy to do mm-hmm. in response to their you know transgressions against you so it was an opportunity for you as a player to say hey where are we going to go with this of course the time skip happened <laughs> and then it's like well all right you know <laughs> so I didn't go too far down that rabbit hole but really 
okay, I can actually talk about this. The person that you talk to is not actually Io. The leader of the Switchers is actually a Rakshasa, which is a magical, like, demon tiger person whose hands actually fold backwards. Imagine if your hand was just, like, put on backwards and it, like, if it were to hold a cup, you would see it basically holding it from the back of its hand, but its fingers are going upwards. Very, you know. But the dude that was sleeping at the table within the area, the silenced area that you were talking to, quote unquote, Io in, was actually Io. Uh, And that was the Rakshasa. And if you had checked him out, if you had done like a perception check or been like, yeah, why is this dude like sitting right here while we talk, sleeping? There's a possibility you would have noticed that his hands were holding his cup in a very odd manner uh, where they were like folding up backwards. So fun little fact there. Nice. Uh, You know, as far as Melvin goes, which uh, from what I'm seeing, it kind of breaks into maybe the next question that uh, Jane sent in about, you know, did Melvin ever get his break in this timeline? Right. uh, Or did he get an easier life? (laughs) I'd like to think, you know what, I'm just going to say, you know, Melvin is near and dear to me just because (laughs) I love the idea of a wild magic sorcerer trying to live amongst the studious wizards. Right. I think it's funny. It's like you put him in this ridiculous situation where he's going to try to read things, but that's not how it works for a sorcerer. Yeah. But that's the level of seriousness that Melvin would want to take with it. And of course, coming up against that kind of aspect of a school like Arcanium University, you know, it's not the best for him, but he makes the best of it. And I think that's what I like about Melvin is it gave me an opportunity to create a character that's pretty much inspired by Butters from South Park. But uh, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> at least at least voice-wise yeah. uh, and maybe even mannerism. But I, I think eventually he really gets a knack for it and is able to like step his game up and really gets in touch with you know, what makes his magic special. So, yeah. Well, and we were pleading with Kyle before the session. We were like, <laughs> yes. if Altonia does show <laughs> up, like, can you please let her just be Melvin? And like, how <laughs> funny would that be <laughs> if like Altonia's form is like Melvin and it was Melvin the whole time. And Kyle was like, yeah, that's funny, <laughs> but like I haven't really like built to that in any way, shape, or form. Or yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, but who cares? It's the finale, Cal. Just uh, do it. <laughs> everyone will care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I had thought about it, there's so little, like maybe little mannerisms I would have done at certain points, like in the memories, yeah. if I had known or thought about that. Uh, don't get me wrong; those ideas always pop in my head. I'm just like, oh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So arm underscore eow asks, was Yashi's, you know, Voxmort tribal power always planned or something that was added closer to the end based on how the final fight was shaping up to be? Ellie, was this part of your, like... Man, I don't we, know. first started making Yashi? I can't remember. <laughs> well, because the name, you know, that's how right, I Right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. remember if it was like, and then at some point, it might have been like, if I ever get to meet my mom in the show, yeah. maybe she'll have uh, something for me or a fighting style or something. So maybe it was like something yeah. like we thought of, but then you like added detail and made it like, okay, this is the ability. Yeah. Okay, but it was a long time coming, though. Like, it's not like you thought of it. I'm like, pretty sure I knew about it before even the time jump so okay. like you know whereas he didn't tell me about it until you told me might about have been it. the day of the session like you know i was like hey i've got this thing you know because i want to make sure that 
you're good to go with it and you yeah. like this idea for your character and for the Voxmort tribe, like, let me know what you think. Yeah. It was probably the day we recorded that episode. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, and actually, this goes into a question from Brie Touche, who asks, how did y'all feel as Yashi made the choice to use her power? And did any of the players suspect that Yashi's sacrifice may not be permanent? Uh, no. And horrified. I mean, our, I, mean I really <laughs> thought, <laughs> I really thought this was it for Yashi and that the rest of this finale was going to be like a big, sad, like, uh oh. So, but I mean, also <laughs> knowing Kyle, you know, and like trusting Kyle, and like we're at the end of the story, like, yes, I wasn't as scared as maybe I would have been if I was sitting at Kyle's table not doing this podcast. If that makes <laughs> sense, like we've heard stories from Kyle's other tables, like what, what were we doing, Tomb of Annihilation and stuff. Oh God! And, and the yeah. annihilation was the key word, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea that was going to happen. I mean, you kind of felt it. It was a little bit of a Chekhov's gun and that like it was brought up so like yeah. you kind of had it in the back of your mind but like when Allie really started talking about it in Yash's character I mean you could hear it in the recording it's just like yeah. yeah please don't so, <laughs> that was me anyways I don't know Spurrier <laughs> I pretty much just basically an echo of that because yeah, yeah it's like oh my like hopefully it's gonna be okay but oh boy yeah. yeah and I was I trusted Kyle to I don't know not that I thought he would like oh bring Yashi back immediately but I was like he'll figure it out he'll he'll make it yeah. work for our you know listeners and stuff and turn yeah. it out so you know it's the ultimate test of character agency well it's like you know he's the one that gave that to me so I kind of figured he wanted me to use it and I was like well this seems like the only moment my last could, chance could you imagine had I just let you use it and it's like no you're, you're dead uh, like, yeah, that's uh, it uh, like yeah oh man uh, well a lot of folks actually uh, Ben Skyler Anthony Eddie Carl Hunter Trey and Alicia all sort of have the similar question of what's up with Eddie? Will we see him again? What happened to him? Want to know more about Delia and Eddie and like Delia, was she always there? Does, do we know how she got there? And you know, all of the things surrounding Delia and Eddie. So Yeah. Yeah. Delia was always there. Uh, I don't have like a lot of backstory for them uh, built out. Now, of course, if it had ever been brought up or asked or, you know, gone into really sought after as like, you know, this is what we're focusing on is this like quest or this storyline, I would flesh those kind of things out. But Delia was always there. It was always like a, a two in one uh, container for Eddie and Delia. I don't know if I brought this up in the podcast when we did talk about it. I mean, I, I remember it being more so that they were they were lovers is where I had them coming from. I don't know if that came I don't think that we did. I think you may have mentioned that to us, like, afterwards. Because, like, that was Eddie in space, like, in the Constellation, I guess we should say. That was the voice that was like, this just got interesting. (laughs) Yeah. That's Eddie. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. But, yeah, no, in my mind, it was like they were a couple, and, like, they just wanted to continue living on together. But the process, the process of becoming a lich, I believe, as we went into, is very evil. Uh Um. No details needed to be expressed here. It's evil. (laughs) But yeah, no. And then, like, I think while Delia was able to maintain uh, some of the humanity, I think Eddie kind of went off the deep end a little bit. Was lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony asked, did Splash and Alfred know about our bards the whole time? I assume in, like, regards to, like, you know, our bardic powers and relations and stuff. I feel like they had had inklings. Uh There was a moment where it was in one of Randy's dreams at the trees 
Randy, you saw what was Symbol back in the day working on your organ. Mm, right. He thought he heard someone, and I believe he called out legato or something. It, it didn't come across, and it didn't, you know, wasn't expressed directly. But in my mind, that was him responding to your presence being noticeable by him while you were in a dream, almost kind of similar to like, you know, dreaming down the line. Right. Kind of like when we were in the plant pods and uh, Yoku noticed us. Yes, exactly that. I think they knew something was going to happen. And I had an idea. There was one writing point I had where it's like they all three knew about this. Like it was prophesied or something. There was some kind of prophecy made about the arrival of you three. I didn't really care for creating the story in that manner, yeah. so I dipped out of that. <laughs> the only thing that I know was, I think was planned, like, <laughs> sorry, Goodrich, uh, <laughs> Reed, I think, uh, probably right. had a little bit more insight and a little bit more influence into who he wanted to be where. Right. And I think that was why Razzle was in the situation that he was, yeah. is because Reed, being Reed Abba, gave them the prophecy of like, oh, a prince will be given, and he just decided like, Okay, this is the time. This is the one. Yeah, this will be what I do. Yeah, yeah. Reed just turned out to be a big old stinker. So, mm-hmm. uh, Hunter actually also asks Did the events planned for Eddie Izzard, the Gizzard Wizard, deviate from what you originally had planned? Or, I mean, I assume yes, because we got him out of there. Did you think we ever were? Or Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. You know, <laughs> my whole plan was for Eddie to be able to get out and do whatever the H he wanted to do. Oh. Eddie did what he was shooting for, which is eventually to break that seal or do enough magic to cause that seal to become corrupted. Oh. Yeah, so that's why he was like, "Yeah, we could cast a spell. Yeah, we could cast a spell." Yes, I've got, I've got the perfect spell for this. Right. <laughs> uh, well, Moth asks: In the future, we saw would Symbol keep his name or change it like he usually does? And if so, what do you think his name would be? Which I guess spoilers like that actually goes to another question that a bunch of people asked: like, you know, who is the bard at the end? of the show and the final epilogue and, like, the bards playing along with them. Uh, it was Symbol. Yes. Yes, yes it, it was Symbol. Characteristic pudding cup and everything uh, and bearing the, the three treasures of <laughs> of the bards that he taught so, so long ago. Yeah. Um, Who are the bards with him? Anybody of consequence or just the band that Symbol is with? It's just the band just he's the with band. right okay. now. <laughs> right. Just like, I'm playing with these people right now, whatever. Yeah. He's probably humbled himself quite a bit <laughs> in, the, sure. in the few centuries that have passed. So, yeah, because um, he didn't do squat when we were saving the world. He was just like, what's going on? I don't know. No, it's yeah. not true. He helped. There's always time for a final lesson. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Um, no. But yeah, would he still be symbol, Splash? You know, what are they feeling? No, I, I think probably a few name changes have happened. I think Splash probably got embraced in the next iteration oh, of okay. what is symbol, <laughs> um, which I think y'all would have actually lived through and would have seen at some point. Yeah. Or the Bards would have. So you would have known Splash as actually Splash. I think at this point, because the worlds have been merged and uh, pretty much like Lyarions exist with Algarians and so forth, so on here, there, and other, uh, he would just go by Theremin again. Oh, yeah. Mm. Probably just go back and be like, well, here I go. Here we go. Well, and I guess going back to like the musicians on like the stage with Symbol, I guess we can talk about kind of the concept that we had because like again I have a very vivid memory Kyle of like you and I talking um, it was like at a show we were playing over at Shipping and Receiving and there was also like a zine fest or like an art festival going on at the same time yeah. so it was right in front of Cadis's booth I remember 
And I was like, hey, dude, like, check this out. Like, I have this idea for, like, a, some sort of epilogue sort of thing with, like, you know, if we were to survive or if, like, Symbol were to survive or, like, whatever, which is, like, always what any, like, ideas were predicated on. We're like, hey, if my character survives this, like, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be cool if? But I remember, like, telling you, like, dude, it'd be cool if, like, at the end, you know, we're, like, in a tavern and, like, the band who plays that song is like sort of us is like a self insert almost of like yeah. these bards have been like yeah telling the tale of you know chaos awesome and whatever this whole time and it was us we're the band at the tavern yeah ah. the four of us got sucked uh-huh. into a magical D and D world <laughs> right, and now we're playing the, the symbol King. and <laughs> daddies don't come after us please don't come after right, us yeah <laughs> so but yeah so that was sort of the idea behind like the theme song being expanded and being like the final song is like these bards like hey you know yeah. great job symbol I guess I don't know all right let's like the mood and, but yeah moving on in, a, in this corner of Cal uh, Lily asks if the sponge of holding can soak up liquid super quickly could you put it on a fresh still bleeding wound to soak up their blood and kill them to <laughs> Man. Admit, make a it a very weapon unique use um, would you allow it I guess is the question if that were to happen <laughs> no because it is just drawing in what's there it's not sucking out something so uh, you put it over a wound honestly it would just be really it would just absorb the blood that comes out and it wouldn't draw it out of the human or person but isn't it like drawing water out of like the source and stuff how are you differentiating them, I guess? Let's get down to the science of this magic, Kyle. Let's talk about that. And the trillion <laughs> well, the gallons that it need... can hold or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, is it the question is, will it stop the internal coagulation of the wound? I don't think so. But coagulating takes a while, you know. Like this, you are very specific in it being an instantaneous process. I'm prodding you because I want it to be true so bad because that sounds so awesome. I'm not going to let it. You still, (laughs) if we do any one shots going forward, you still have that. And no. Okay. No. (laughs) All right. So Elena asks, but what happened to Leon? I need to know how his story wraps up to tie up all these threads. I am very curious about this too because you did tell us. The result of, like, what happened, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, so what happened with that is, uh, again, going back to what I was talking about with Io and the switchers and who you talked to not actually being Io and that old man that was asleep being a Rakshasa actually being Io, uh-huh. the magic was successful. However, you imparted who you thought was Io, uh-huh. which caused a beacon. It also showed him who actually is Io because your magic was successful. The distance they were at caused it to seem like a single waypoint. Yeah, yeah. But as he got closer, he realized there were two, and uh, there may be some hesitation being like, wait, why are there two? What do I not know? So I I would definitely wouldn't say by the end of the campaign that Leon has figured out how to approach this situation. (laughs) The Bards definitely gave Leon a lot to work with, and I don't know. I don't know if I could come up with anything for that. All right. Well, that's fair. So a question mark for Leon. He's still working it out. That's fair. Yeah. Keenan asks, if the Bards had succeeded in sealing the box from Io, where would the timeline of the show end up? What other adventures do you have lined up, or would it have, or would things have more or less played out how they did anyways? Well, if they had succeeded in sealing up the box, then Io would have trusted Randy, which uh, that would have led to a whole slew of possible quests that <laughs> could have been intermingled with, uh, you know, whatever the boy was going to do with y'all. I don't think things would have played out the way they did at all 
Uh, yeah. It would have Fair. gone very differently. I had like ideas and whatnot that I could pull from, but nothing was ever set in stone. Yeah. It was kind of just as we go. It is kind of funny how that did sort of send us hurtling towards the finale since we were like, okay, uh-oh. Like, yeah. 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 It gave me a chance to do a huge uh, lore drop because it's like, well, at this point. Well, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, all right. Kareen, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Kareen asks, I wanted to know what happened to the butt-stealing demon, uh, <laughs> Ethanos. Ethanos? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was that all about? What was kind of the background around that? Like, why did they want butts and stuff? And, like, their, like, supervisor, was it for them? Or <laughs> what was yeah, going so on there? Their master, uh, King Fripp, I, I think it's King Fripp the Red. I haven't looked at that that stuff in a long yeah. time. Of course, that's a King Crimson reference. Um, they're, you know, they're just responsible for getting, uh, you know, experiences from different planes and bringing them back to their king and uh-huh. whatnot. So they were just taking whatever. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you made a mistake now you got to trade something if you don't want to just uh stay here forever right so really it's just a devil being a devil and uh that is <laughs> you know pretty much it it's just like hey what can i get out of these people so yeah. they just thought man a butt seems like a good experience let's try that out it's a good trophy <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely right. what does you know this do? it's like hey <laughs> we don't worry about that here what's yeah. up well king Frick was like randy's like uh counter in point right that was well, Yashi's. Yashi's. Yashi's, Yashi's uh, right, right, right. Mine was PP. Oh, of course. Yeah. Randy's was PP. And it was inspired by going to D&D Live 2018. Or was it 2018 or 2019, Good Rich? Oh, jeez. Uh, I think it was 2019. It was when they oh, released so, yeah. the... Uh, Avernus That stuff. whole... The Avernus, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, oh, let me mess with that. So, you know, I had my flavors of the week that came around. Right. And that's kind of how some <laughs> things wound up getting thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Ron S. asks, uh, how did you decide who to remember, uh, like, from the prior timeline and the time jump and everything? Well, of course, the three Lyarions. It's anybody who's tied to uh, Lyarion magic or something similar in a way. Like, that's why our three bards, of course, the three Lyarions, Tabitha being tied to Daris Murr, a.k.a. Yoku, and, of course, oh. um, Delarim being tied to Daris Murr as well, a.k.a. Yoku. Uh-huh. And uh, Daris Murr, of course, extended that out to some of um, Joan's followers that she wanted. Like Leon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got like it. Leon, okay. Wesley, and uh, Eggs, Quackley. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yes. at the time, James Vanderson. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay, uh, Kelly M. asks, so at the very end, did the bards give Symbol those trinkets so that they could remember them by those trinkets? Or knowing Symbol, like, would outlive them? You know, sort of like a... Yeah. <sighs> you know, if it's not the bards themselves giving the trinket over, I believe any, like, extended family or friends that are around and know of your relationship with Symbol, they would probably impart those to him. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Legati Works asks, do you have any thoughts to how the adventure would progress if the school and its lovely supporting cast were still involved? Any Strumlot related lore drops that weren't able to come up? So, like, like you had mentioned earlier, if the school had been, like, you know, more involved. Yeah. You know. I think Symbol being Barenthal being Theremin after the school was created probably would have actually spent more time teaching there 
as different versions of himself nice. to be able to plant things there as he needed or wanted mm-hmm. them to be. Uh, right. That could have definitely been a big part of that. If I, if, if only I had thought of that sooner, <laughs> well. as far as being able to like kind of lead whoever, whoever is clever enough, whoever is musical enough to follow the musical clues to unlocking the secret of the Lyarions, uh, I would have approached it that way. And you know, unfortunately, I didn't. We did. I did really want to get into the the mascot aspect that you know Razzle was really interested. In. Like, yeah. why don't we have a mascot? It's like oh, we don't talk about the mascot, right? Well, and unfortunately, <laughs> the daddies are doing that. Now. Now, so you know it's cool. Like there's uh, someone out there exploring the mascot costume. Sort well, of great. Aspect. Well, good, yeah. good, good. It was alluded to again. Cage was the original mascot, right. and there is. I do have story behind that because I had figured out the relationship of like Alola, Cage, Jables, uh-huh. and uh, Joan. And I think if we had gotten to explore that a little bit more, I think we would have found more. Because, I mean, again, bards are supposed to turn in their journals. That is part of the assignment. So all of their journals should be in the college somewhere as reference for any student who needs to check them out, depending on Ah, the availability. Right. So we probably would have gone down that road and been able to explore a little bit into Joan's backstory and really flesh that out a little bit more. Those are some opportunities that, you know, would have been good to have uh, to help flesh out a little bit more of the characters that have been kind of antagonizing the protagonists but uh, I still feel like you know the main the main antagonizing aspect was still there and it was a little bit more of a looming threat rather than uh, a directed threat for sure all right cool well uh, the last question for Kyle's corner comes to us from Sky Guy and the question is were there any locations in beats art that you had developed or at least conceptualized that the party didn't wind up visiting what were they what do you wish you would have gone to you'd mentioned I think Apollonia at some point like wanted to explore oh, stuff there I mean yeah yeah uh, originally again approaching the podcast uh, uh, from the beginning thinking about I'm gonna write a D&D campaign uh-huh. I need to create a whole world <laughs> there could be places they need to travel to across the sea or an ocean tons of opportunities for that so you know originally yeah i was thinking like oh they wind up going to alkin for this or you know going to arlen for this or you know there's a little group of islands you know north of beats are called the terrapin islands uh you know i did that for goodrich because you know the grateful dead and everything and naturally <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah we would have had to go to a station and it would have been great i would have been so so happy yep yeah we did get to go to tropicalia in the little uh you know car one uh, shot right, that we did right. so uh, there was that yeah. you know that was a lot of fun to kind of get to explore that and also the live show that we did at Gen Con was also in Tropicalia yeah. but as far as beats art goes you know the time in the capital was a lot of fun and uh, it would have been nice to spend some more time there uh, that would have been cool to get to do uh, some jail things happened so yeah. that was a little <laughs> bit limiting well 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 um, yeah, yeah well you know. then the cult called up so then it was like uh, time to you, you know, know get out of town bye yeah. you know actually no, I feel pretty good about the places that we hit. Fair, fair, fair. Well, and I actually lied. Uh, there is one sort of like more Kyle-centric question that I sort of missed that's from I Suck at Games. And it is one that we're all very curious about, especially I'm sure Randy, is uh, <laughs> when Joby accidentally, quote unquote, stabbed Rhiannon in the face and Delia was all like, you sure you want to know that happened? What actually happened? Did Rhiannon really just slip or did something happen that we don't know about evil Joby real? Because, yeah, that's definitely something I would like to know. If you if you actually want to know, uh, Rhiannon, yes, rolled a one, actually slipped. And Joby was tired of getting kicked, tired of being bullied around, and he moved that little knife just enough to uh, get rid of who he wanted. Slight twist, yeah. So you're saying that Joby's sentience is real? Yes. 
Uh, and great. maybe very intelligent knowing the exact angle needed. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> horrifying. The most a little Chucky, Joby. <laughs> yeah. Calculus and trigonometry <laughs> skills, yes. Be careful animating uh, animating objects. Right, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, all right, well, now leaving Kyle's corner back out. We'll see you later. Later. Answer more questions with you. Uh, all right, so here we go. We're going to wrap it up a little bit into the end. Sorry, this is taking a while, but this is the last time we're going to get to talk about this, so I don't. I feel yeah. so, so bad. Uh, so Lucy asks, here's a non-serious one. How does it feel knowing my little one loves falling asleep to your music? Uh, it feels really awesome, and I hope that they yeah. grow up loving it, and I hope that it's songs that are, you know, fun and good to put a small one down to bed with and not like Randy's scary songs to... <laughs> to say, it depends on what the song is. Yeah. But, yeah. Rock apart the rocks, perhaps. Yeah. Well, you never know. They, they could wind up, you know, growing up loving the Locrian mode, and that is something it's, that... Yeah. We can all be proud of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. it, does, it feels really good, and thank you for yeah. doing that. That's really, Thank you for really sharing sweet. that with yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, and I guess speaking of modes, there is a question from Kelly who asks, what is everyone's favorite musical mode? Uh, I'll go first. I'm pretty sure it's Dorian. Yeah. It just is such a nice mode. It's it started, you know. It's, <laughs> so what? <laughs> I was going to say Dorian too, and it's because of the song So What. Right, uh, because Miles that's Davis. one of the first jazz tunes I learned uh, in, in community college. So yeah. yeah. Well, and Dorian is such a great key to solo in too. Yeah. yeah. If it's not major or minor, it's going to be Dorian. So yeah. yeah. Allie. <laughs> um, I also like Dorian, but I'll throw my head in for some Mixolydian. Nice. Ah, there you go. Yeah, you do get a lot of good funky out of good old mix. Goodrich, I thought you were going to choose like uh, Lydian. I so I was going to say Lydian is a very very close second for me. Like, yeah. Lydian is so bright and awesome and cool and like the brightest. Yeah, and it just adds such a cool when you hear it. It's very I don't know encouraging, but like. Dorian, just because of like where I'm at in life, I guess right now with like ending this giant <laughs> podcast and you know hanging yeah. out with my friends and feeling very, you know, sort of introspective and happy, but also sad that things are ending. You know, Dorian feels right for right now. Yeah. A bittersweet mm-hmm. thing, exactly. For sure. And going back to when I can't remember who it was, but asking about what lessons did we miss out on or would have wanted to put in, like that would have been something if we had done the jazz modes of the oh, melodic boy. minor scale, <laughs> oh, some like super Locrian super and Locrian, things like that. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. No, no. The Lydian augmented and all that kind of stuff, so. Uh, All right, well, Jamie asks, uh, have you thought about what sexual orientations and genders Yashi, Razzle, and Randy are now that the story is done? So we did kind of touch on this earlier in, I think, like a previous mailbag, I think. Uh, For me, I mean, I think Razzle is still, you know, very much a he-him feller, I guess. Um, He is, I think, still where he was when we talked about it before, still sort of just figuring stuff out like maybe if nothing happens maybe just being ace like for razzle like he just never has met anybody that has sort of like steered him towards having that sort of emotion i guess yeah so i don't know i know i know it's not really committed to anything but like i really don't feel like enough has happened to where i could comfortably say anything definitive about like Razzle's orientation and you know maybe stuff we do in the future does sort of answer that but like for now still just sort of figuring stuff out um which I'm I'm happy for him for that I I think because you know yeah it's a lot going on especially with all that's just happened with you know the world and stuff so he's you know (laughs) got to go back to school you know and be around you know a lot more people than just Uh Randy and Yashi who are just you know platonic life mates and stuff so yeah yeah For Yashi, um, she, her, identifies female. Um, And I think 
I don't know where she's at. I mean, obviously her and Tabitha. Yeah. But um, for Yashi, I think like I think the first episode we were talking about how she had a poster of Vandersneak on her wall and stuff like that because I didn't mm-hmm. really know where we were going with her story yet. Yeah. So I would have to say maybe like by or like starting to lean more yeah. in one way, but I think there's always been like maybe both sides of the attraction. Yeah. 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 And uh, just, yeah, to clarify, Tabitha, she, her, lesbian. Yeah. And uh, Randy, he, him, and uh, it's kind of like with Razzle, still trying to figure it out, but, uh, you know, any... Uh, one or anything that Randy's written a song for or two uh, falls under one category, and uh, right. I think he's happy with that. You know, <laughs> right. if he had spent more time at school and had yeah. maybe gotten some more items, right. maybe some things would have developed a little bit more. But yes. the time skip happens, so it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. we so. are going back to Strumlots, though. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, so. that's yeah, true. He, he definitely made sure of that with Altona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that, that that sort of painted that picture a little bit yeah. more clearly. So yeah. 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 I know nothing like super concrete, but like I, I, it's kind of like what we said before, where it's like we do our best with representation. And we we've definitely learned a ton over this, and thank you to Very everyone true. who has you know taught us and stuff, and who has helped us out along the way. So yeah. whenever stuff like that comes up, we do our best to you know try to be graceful and handle it in the right way. And so I think for us, it was more you know you hate to be like sort of stereotypical about it, but like I think for us, it was you know more about the music. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> right, about, exactly. You know, like doing that. That sort of part and like and again like we had said before like trying to stay away from the trope of you know bards as they are perceived by the general D&D player and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Degenerate ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. Right. The yeah. older <laughs> versions of bards. Yeah. yeah. So it was sort of like a point to us to be like alright like we're focusing on the music so like if stuff happens stuff happens and it did with Yashi and Tabitha but yeah, like yeah, exactly. we're not going to uh-huh. go out and do you know all the stuff that bards are known for doing. Yeah. So anyways uh, on to Otter. Is there anything y'all wanted to do that you didn't have time to do in the campaign more or less i always thought if i was gonna meet my mom in the show that i would have to maybe go travel or find her instead of Mm -hmm. her and the tribe showing up to me so Uh. that was something from the beginning i was like oh and maybe there's like a yashi finds her mom arc where we have to travel to arlen i think what at one point i even mentioned like having to cross the George Strait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did. Um, so that was always like, uh, me and Kyle had talked about that early on, yeah. about that being maybe something I'd want to do at some point. Yeah. Um, I. It's a blessing that we did not have to explore as much of the world <laughs> as I you know, started off with because I really did want to create a lot of opportunities to explore merely just beats art. Um, and really the, the mechanic behind the school of being like, hey, yeah, you need to go collect bits of history happening here and there. And when I started off, I was trying to create a lot of, a lot of things based off of songs that I had heard or whatnot and create quest opportunities like that. So... There are some places I was hoping that, depending on how long that would go on, that we would get to. But, yeah. eh, you know, it is what it is at this point. So, yeah. well, kind of like, because with the whole Yashi thing and going and finding your mom, like, I could see that potentially having been like a, it's a solo thing, kind of like when we had, had like our days. Now, granted, it'd be longer than a day, but sort of in that same vein, I always thought it would have been interesting if we had had like a flashback episode or something and like Randy doing his trial, going through the organ oh, and like the traps yeah. that would have been there. and the Or like when we went to the Hemp Hills for the first time, 
Randy going into the organ and like maybe there's some other sweet treasure there or some nonsense like mm. that. But then, you know, we sort of broke the town and other things happened, <laughs> right? as yeah. we're wont to do. So, uh, Yeah, mine, I guess, would be, and we'll talk about this later because this does sort of bleed into what might be the future. I do really wish we would have done Bard Ball and, like, done Oh, that. right. Yeah. Like, uh, that's a big, big one I was really hoping we could do. Yeah. But like I said, you know, stick with us towards the end and we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that. Uh, Red Wing Kitty asked, how did you determine your character's alignments? Uh, I feel like I myself am a chaotic sort of good person. Uh, if I was to put myself on there, I don't know. I I mean the best that I can, but it's not always the right thing. <laughs> Especially in my younger days, I certainly was a chaotic good, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a person who like yeah. always wants to do the right thing no matter what it is because it can lead to like some zany circumstances. So that's what I wanted. Man, that's exactly what Yoku did. Well, you know, oh. when you put it that <laughs> way. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what Reed was doing. I mean, yeah, oh when you think gosh. about it, this could go down a very, very dark road. <laughs> <laughs> um, and perspective is uh, really key in that uh, sort of discussion. So we'll just leave it there. I wanted to do that for my character and I didn't really put too much more thought into that for Razzle. So I just wanted him to be a... A good dude that was just, you know, doing good stuff. Uh, mine, Chaotic Neutral, I, I just kind of figured it would leave me open to participating in more shenanigans in, like, whatever way I would like to in that moment. So I wasn't necessarily, like, trying to start it or trying to end it, but just kind of enjoying it <laughs> while <Yeah>. it was happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, I mean, between Randy being a rogue and his backstory and Eddie and all that, I think it all kind of checked out for Chaotic Evil. I was a little on the fence because, you know, when you just look up Chaotic Evil, <laughs> it's definitely maybe a little darker than Randy is. Uh, but when I found yeah. that chart that said, like, you can also view it through the lens of, like, a mischievous trickster type person. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you know, Randy will stab you, but he'll have some fun, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I do. And the more I think about it and like how Randy evolved over the show, because I don't know if we ever established what age Randy was when he ate the gym, but I still think it was probably pretty young. So I wouldn't be surprised if like Eddie poisoned his mind a little bit uh, kind of stuff. Yes, and then as yeah. Eddie got out and met the two of you and all that, that like made him, I think he'd still be chaotic evil overall, but definitely more of the mischievous trickster has um, encompassed right. compared to some of these other things I'm looking at here on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's like, oh you my, know. this is a little more intense than Randy. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, well, Sky asks, why are the bards going back to school? Because there's always more to learn. Perfect. <laughs> all right, moving right well, along. Well, we, did, we didn't leave school because we wanted to. It Very just kind of happened. All right, Shale asks, when did you realize that the horse and cart that Mitch was so angry about might have been the very one you brought back from Wesley's and therefore might have actually belonged to you? I actually did not realize that at all. So just, uh, I realized just it now. right now. I was going to say, <laughs> same. The light bulb went on for all. I don't know how Cheryl knew that, but I'm yeah. glad Cheryl did. Is it true, Kyle? Because it's true. Oh, it's 100% oh true. goodness. Well, you know, I think Yashi knew it. Like, she never sure. forgets a cart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mouse and Peter asked, both uh, similar questions about like will the chaos sauce character sheets ever be updated and posted on the website that one's on us we just kind of forgot um, <laughs> I think we were saying we saw this and we're like yeah like we can probably just upload where our current character sheets are like we all have written out character sheets that's how we all started and mine is a total mess but I can yes, try yeah. to because yeah. <laughs> we've just been a 
erasing and you know filling stuff in as we go. Mine has holes in it. Yeah, mine's all like bent up and stuff. Not on purpose. Yeah. We did eventually put them on D and D Beyond <laughs> when we went remote, so we can probably upload like where they wound up. So you have kind of like a starting point and end point, I guess. And for the middle parts, if you want to go to the episodes and do the math, and I guess <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. That's unfortunately all we have to offer. Uh, but yeah, we'll 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 get them up there. Uh, all right, Benign Loy asks, do you know if any of your old professors listen to the show? And if so, what do they think of your mini music <laughs> lessons? I think I can quickly answer, we have no idea. And <laughs> hopefully they'd be proud, I, I guess. I think they would approve, yeah. yeah. I think so. I hope so, I mean, yeah. The people have said that they understand things. We'll take that as a plus. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well, moving right along, Quixotic Glyph asks, what are your favorite puns or wordplay used throughout the campaign uh squid vicious got me pretty good and and also i gotta give ali props i don't know if we've ever said this but like ali is the one who came up with bombarded so oh yeah so so oh, long so ago many moons yeah my idea was just lind b and d hey it, it was, was a good no, start yeah. but it wouldn't good jumping <laughs> off point but no bombarded we were like nobody knows what lind b is or cares yeah. so lind b and d is even more confusing were we just like sitting around at a practice like trying yeah. to Put bard in different words, or yep. put or like exactly. figure out what words had bard words. in them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like, oh. I remember as soon as Ali said it, we were like, that's it. But we should like try like a few more, and then like we tried a few more. Like we're wasting our time yeah. bombarded. Yeah. So yeah. what's done is done. Bombard yeah. is the winner. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, I'll do th- that one for sure. I guess. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. For me, it was um, like all of the print stuff. So like symbol, oh, even yeah. though we did not understand it at first. <laughs> like eventually, we got it's there. Right. Different puns. Yeah. Yeah. When Kyle finally told us, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's oh, nice. Right. And then he, he threw in Apollonia later on. So I thought that was nice too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine has to be. Um, I don't know if I've explained this on the show or not, but the the Stry Desert and the Stry Sands that are there, uh-huh. I really like that one. Um, that and the bar out in Basin being called the No Name Horse. Oh, the song. The, the, yeah, yeah. The song by yeah. America. Oh, exactly. <laughs> There's just so many that's been like, <laughs> just, just Kyle's come up with so many of them and it's been great. But the first one I think of is definitely Solieri. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. you know, Mozart, oh. and all those kind of things, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Wolfie and such. For sure. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Sage asks Will Linby be making a return or will y'all stay as bombarded for music releases? Uh, we actually have kind of been talking about this a little bit just amongst ourselves, and we really don't know. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> clue. The is maybe. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. like, so it's sort of a theme for this mailbag is like, uh, wait and see. Know. We don't really know. Like, the finale kind of took it out of all of us, and we're all just sort of in this, like, uh, sort of period of <laughs> yeah, like. We've always joked about it being Lindby presents Bombarded, but I don't even know if yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems like if we ever were to play a show again, like, Lindby would get us the gig because, like, that's our name around Fort Worth and so like that would be oh yeah I remember you from like five years ago <laughs> where have y'all yeah. been <laughs> right exactly so I guess probably gonna say bombarded for now because yeah. like that's how we're gonna be releasing music mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. eh, we'll see yeah uh, Derek from How Not to DM hey what's up what's bud? up Derek asks uh, post time jump are there any NPCs you feel like your characters are going to seek out from the other timelines they could be friends again well I don't know about friends again 
But for Razzle, <laughs> I think I would say Gareth. Uh, Rich boyfriends. Oh, Rich kind boy of. Boy <laughs> 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 well, so here's, I think that like Razzle could relate to him on that level, but then like bring him into like where Razzle has now wound mm-hmm. up in terms Teach of like, a few you know, things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I just feel like there's a lot of Gareth lore. Like I still remember like in the first or second episode when we met him, he's like, like when I tell my father about this and I was like, ooh, who's Gareth's dad? And like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I do feel like Razzle and Gareth maybe could hit it off. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. But nice. yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine kind of answers a question from later by Bren, who asks, is Conway still a bird and locked in the ex-dissonant oh. fields or did the birds <laughs> go back? <laughs> right. um, and I would say since we know the Voxmart tribe is hanging out in the fields for a while, like Yashi would definitely go find Conway, uh, <laughs> give him his magic pill or whatever and then probably yes. after seeing what happened at the bicentennial like teach him how to fight like bring him oh, back yeah. to the the Voxmorts and be like alright like let's help this guy out cause I know he gets his butt beat yeah, and who knows right. how many more times that's gonna happen in his life plus he has all those good liquids right. that, yeah. I can try, <laughs> jar. that I can try with my sponge like I still wanna see if mayonnaise works oh so my you know gosh, yes. <laughs> I don't think it will but you go that's for it awesome. well, now, yeah, it's his payment to me for fight lessons. Yeah. <laughs> um, seeking out finger bones would be pretty great. Oh, See yeah. what kind of like super group that could be made with his uh, <laughs> sweet middly 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 skills and such. <laughs> so. Awesome. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to go and just like murder Gerard. He won't have any idea. <laughs> <who I am." laughs> or like, you know, maybe give him a second chance and see if he turns That's his fair, game around. Right? But if he tries to mess with Randy again, it's just, yeah, you know. All right. So Ensign Kate asks, what was each of your favorite parts of your character's growth throughout this campaign? And where do you hope to see them go with hopefully the next campaign a lot of stuff happened with Razzle that I I mean so many things to name obviously with like Dazzle and like all that stuff that happened and that um, I really really like how we wound up with the transformation stuff for Razzle keeping Mm. the chaoticness but giving him finally at long last some (laughs) sort of like control over it um, I don't know. For me as a player, that makes me really happy. Yeah. So. And I feel like I've already answered about Randy at a couple points throughout this. But again, basically just that focusing more on music, less on the stabbing and the, <laughs> and the yeah. thievery and such. <laughs> and just kind of figuring out that balance, you know, if we move forward with it and whatnot. So, yeah. For Yashi, other than, uh, I guess, romantic growth, because that was a really fun part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> probably just her, like, I guess, confidence level. I feel like starting out, maybe especially with the intelligence and stuff mm-hmm. uh, wasn't super confident and now like she's fine like figuring out puzzles and answering things and talking through stuff instead of always having to fight right you know she's like <laughs> oh go. I can you know fight with my voice now which <laughs> and murder people <laughs> uh, alright cool well Emrys asks are there any of the songs you wrote early on that you wish you could rewrite with all the music theory knowledge Chaos Sauce has got by the end of the show and it kind of also ties in with Agueda who asks a similar thing about, like, you know, are there any songs from earlier episodes you kind of would want to, like, do again or something? But I kind of got my wish with having the river flows get redone with everybody. That yeah. was something ever since I made it. I was like, man, I really wish this could be one that all of us did. And uh, then we did it. So I am fulfilled in that <laughs> regard, I guess. Yeah, kind of the same with uh, Stargazers. It wasn't Definitely. originally, like, oh, yeah. Yashi's song, but it was kind of to Yashi in a way. Yeah. So getting yeah, to way. turn that around and flesh it out a little bit was 
pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that aspect too. Yeah, doing the recording <laughs> sessions from that, I I definitely have like a very vivid memory of like singing along to it and doing it and being like, this is great. Yeah. I want it. <laughs> so I'm having such a good time. Yeah. Anyways, well, and to kind of flip it in a weird way, I would almost maybe say no in that it was so <laughs> circumstantial between the rolling of the dice and like you know things like Yashi, won't you dance with me? I mean, just yeah. having just learned about seventh chords. I mean, there's, that's the only way that song would have happened the way that it did. And yeah. um, I think so many songs kind of fit that bill. It's like, it's just the nature of the show. And I feel, I feel like we kind of would have lost some great songs if we had had all of our knowledge from the very start. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. Hannah asks, what aspects of your characters did you have as a headcanon but did not have a chance to shine a spotlight on uh, both PCs and NPCs if you got one, Cal? Yeah. But yeah, I would say for Razzle, uh, I always kind of thought Razzle smelled really nice. I don't know, just because of the Ooh, poopery. I didn't, except for and, the poop times. <laughs> well, that, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, except for those times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, always having... <laughs> right. Um, poop, but yeah, poop, having prestidigitation and the poop and the poopery. <laughs> poopery. I always thought that like Razzle had like a nice smell. So Nice. I think for me, uh, a headcanon in my mind is for um, Alto Brown and doing a Ratatouille thing. Oh, just no. having that kind of be a secret. Uh, that and um, I think John Laramie of the boy believing the bards, despite like the the initial encounter. But right. you know, having some respect for them, just like doing their thing. I think mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Um, I was looking through my character sheet the other day just to see, like, oh, what are some of these pages that I haven't looked at in ages? And (laughs) one of my original things I had written for Yashi was that she can't resist, like, a karaoke club if she sees it. (laughs) Um, But I never saw one, right? So, Oh, what about Ruffalo Wild Wings? Maybe there there was one in there. We we just missed it. (laughs) Kyle, (laughs) I I forgot. Me just waiting for Kyle to mention a karaoke club. It never happened. Come on, come on. (laughs) Um, And I was also looking at my character sheet just to be like, wait, what are some of these things and i forgot that as a halfling randy technically was quote unquote brave which means that i had advantage against being frightened uh which i don't think ever really came up well but in like that house in the spooky haunted house it totally would have we were frightened like constantly in there yeah that maybe (laughs) that did come up there but as far as in the main story that never really happened Uh, okay and so it just because randy usually just running and hiding and sneaking and stuff so i just feel like apparently uh, randy was brave we just didn't know it so (laughs) he was he bravely (laughs) ran away like (laughs) yeah he bravely Right yeah, away, exactly. he was the brave, brave Sir Robin. So, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways. All right, well, Agueda asks, what are your favorite NPCs aside from Tabitha and Symbol? Uh, I would have to say Tony Jabroni for me. Uh, <laughs> That's a deep cut. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, but like Tony Jabroni for me, I mean, it was like the first like NPC that I had created as like, you know, a symbol or a Lola or like a narrative driving NPC, I guess, you know, to like really go along with the PCs and like help out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So Tony will always hold a special place in my heart just for that reason. So, I mean, we We've already mentioned him a number of times throughout this mailbag, but I mean, I've got to say Melvin. <laughs> special, <laughs> yeah. special Melvin. Yeah. Yes. Um, I really liked uh, just all the gills. All gills. Oh, yeah. Loved the yeah. voice. Loved just, you know, their cool their cool attitude. And yeah. Either that or uh, Amazon. She's just, you know, oh, perfect amount yeah. of doesn't yeah. care. Uh, I loved playing Orphel. I had just had so much fun just getting to do that voice. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just kind of like rest into it. But it sounds like it hurts. It does. <laughs> Especially it totally singing doesn't. like that. That was a rough, uh, rough day. Oh, my that gosh. That was a lot of yeah. fun. <laughs> well, and to add, uh, I wish I could have done 
more. I was excited to get into like what was going on with the boy and that whole group of NPCs. Uh, you know, the yeah. story just kind of didn't go in that direction. But yeah. long story short, and kind of to address a, a question from Mage, who's interested about the bureaucracy and the various governmental shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. But it was really going to turn from like you being given assignments from the school to being given assignments by the boy as far as, like, what's going on. So, the yeah, your quest giver, for lack of a better term, would have switched over to the boy, and you probably would have wound up, you know, being responsible for their requests. What a twist. Like, from fun (laughs) school times, like, working for the feds. Like, jeez. Yes. (laughs) So you can go to jail or you can work for us. What do you want to do? Catch me if you can. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's what I would say. Cool. Well, the final question before we get into, you know, the question that a ton of people asked about where the show's going. This question before that is, I am Noah Schmidtke asks, where do the bards end up in 10 years, 20 years, 30? Do any of them have children, get married, become famous, etc.? I don't know. I kind of want to recuse myself from this question for Razzle because of what's coming in the future. Uh, Razzle definitely goes to Strumlots. And past that, I don't really know. Yeah. Because what happens there <laughs> could determine what happens in 10 to 20, 30 years. Um, I know we talked about, like, you know, Dinkle is the king of Rock Deep, and Razzle definitely goes to visit here and there. Past that, though, it really depends on how school goes and, like, what, like, if the events of the new Mons Organum have impacted their lives in such a way or if it's more of like a thing that no one really knows about and so they're just these like quiet heroes that can just blend into society or if they become super famous like we don't really know the answer to those questions just yet so it's hard to kind of say where they all wind up we just know that they all eventually die <laughs> I, I, was say, I think we can all safely say none of us make it to 440 more years so there um, you go that's razzle anyways <laughs> but I don't know if, how y'all feel about it any differently or... I think yeah just going to school and just see where the road takes Randy or the music takes Randy <laughs> or something. So, yeah. Where the staff takes him. There we oh, go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Yashi. I know I mentioned earlier, like, yeah, I could imagine her and Tabitha, like, kind of traveling. And I don't think she would take over, like, as um, chief of her tribe. Uh-huh. And so maybe they would have to figure out a new way of picking a leader. I don't know. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> part of it, but I'm not taking the reins there. So, um, there you go. Yeah. Other than that, school and Tabitha, probably. Perfect. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that leaves us with the final question that so, so many people asked. And that is, of course, what the heck, Bombarded? What are you doing? So, <laughs> what's the future of the show look like? Who's going to DM? Is it even going to be a D&D thing? Is it going to be a podcast? Is it going to be something else? What is the deal? What are we doing next? So, uh, do y'all want me to talk about it? Uh, Kyle, anyone else want to go? Um, or? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I hope that we can do things here and there. Of course, we're going to take a long, long break. I know yes. Spurrier and Goodrich, you both have more than earned that. Um, so, <laughs> like, I, indefinite hiatus may be the best way to yeah. put a label on what's happening right now after this recording. I think what we've all sort of landed on is something more in, like, the vein of, like, what D20 does and, like, what some other oh, podcasts yeah. and stuff do where it's, like, it would be nice to still do stuff and, like, probably I would say for, you know, as far as we we can guess in the like podcast sort of realm, I assume, like audio and whatnot. Um, but like have a thing where it's like we get 
a few, maybe three to five, let's say, episodes done. And, you know, we can do what we need to do, make songs, do the production and everything, and not be, like we were saying earlier, like not under this two-week sort of like go, 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 we have to do stuff sort yeah, of. crunch. Yeah, because that like, I mean, Spurrier and I, I don't know Spurrier, like, I, I mean, we're both pretty spent, right? Like, yeah. like, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, it's been great and fun, um, but like, I kind of want to like, you know, play guitar again. Like, I haven't really been playing guitar except for like songs for the show and stuff and like pick up piano again and like play games and like have fun and stuff. <laughs> yeah. like, You've not been having uh, fun? Right. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different kind. But yeah, you know, like Spurrier and I have jobs and stuff, and so like we get stretched pretty thin from time to time, from yeah. most time to time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to just you know go a little bit without having to worry about like how much of this edit can I get done and like That's make fair. the notes and Spurrier like has to get it by a certain time so that we can make the episode and then I got to sit down and like edit the songs and stuff and mix them because like I mean side note like the songs that is one thing like. I really wish I could have done better is like just done a better job like mixing kind of everything because like the songs are generally mixed like the night that the episode's gonna come out. Like we'll Usually, get like yeah. I'll get our parts mm-hmm. and stuff and they'll be good and fine, but like I have to turn those mixes around like in a few hours, you know, which an experienced engineer I'm sure would be fine with, but you know, like I'm just doing this for Bombarded. I'm not sitting in a studio all day and like my computer is constantly uh, crashing. So I'm having to do shortcuts of like, I really wish I could like run this to a bus and, you know, like do all these things that like is proper. And so I'd be like, nope, this is just getting some straight Slap up. Slap it on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like we do still want to make stuff and we do still yeah. want to like have this be a space of music meeting gaming. And the most recent thing we talked about, we don't really know if we're going to do it, but like, I think it could be fun is like doing Bard Ball. Yeah. And like, but doing Bard Ball as a musical, right? Where it's like we play through whatever Kyle comes up with for whatever happens at Bard Ball, but we just play through it as like a D&D group like playing. Normal, like anyone yeah. that's playing. A normal one shot. Right. Do it. And there's no like, oh, we got to make a song. Oh, we got to do this, got to do that. It's just like, all right, let's just play this as Kyle's intended it. And then like... Take the results of that one shot. We'll probably release it, you know, just for fun. It won't be like a bombarded thing, but it's like, here's us playing on mic. It's fun. Um, But we'll take what we do during that one shot and then turn it into like a full on musical where like everything's sung. There are songs and stuff like that. And like maybe we roll chord dice for these songs. Maybe that's going to like make things way harder than it should be. (laughs) Maybe we'll do it for some. That's half the fun. Come on now. Right. Yeah. 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 So we'll figure out other ways to like make it random and like musical but like that's one idea we had is to like do that and sort of like make that sort of a framework for like stuff that we do there's also like I wouldn't mind running another uh, one shot you know based on an album I kind of like that I kind of already have one in mind yeah uh, we had talked about like maybe doing some streaming stuff uh, but that's a whole nother world that we'd have to get comfortable in we don't really know young tea on an airship <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. but yeah so unfortunately the answer is like we don't really know but we do want to keep creating because I think for all of us, this has been an endeavor that has allowed us to be creative in ways that we didn't ever expect, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And a way to still connect, like connect with people everywhere around the world, like with what we're doing and uh, seeing, especially, I mean, again, everyone's reactions to the finale and like, you know, very excited about like whatever's next is like, yeah, like we are too, but like we definitely want to break first and we're not really sure how long that's going to be. Yeah. Whatever comes after that, 
will come after that and it'll probably just be seasons maybe so that we can just get it all out there and drop it and then take a break and not have to worry so much about the crunch like Kyle said. Yeah, yeah. I'd be totally on board for that. Yeah. yeah, well I mean and the four of us have been making stuff together for well over a decade at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure how long it's been. So I mean, yeah, I don't foresee that stopping anytime soon, but just what no. form it'll take and in what quantity it'll take, that's the big question. So, yes, right. yes, yes. I, I think we'll just go forward being kinder to ourselves. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I guess it kind of brings us to, like, any final thoughts? Uh, we got the song coming up, but we figured we'd end the episode with that. You know, what a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, right? But, yeah, any thoughts? I mean, one of mine is just Reed Abba, who is Reed, is just Abadir spelled backwards, who is Marceline's dad in advance. Adventure Time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adventure Time and Bob's Burgers, like both shows I love and adore, who I think masterfully weave music into their stories mm-hmm. and shows and stuff. And yeah. just, yeah. Well, I mean, and Rebecca Sugar writing on that and yeah, yeah, and then being doing an inspiration yeah. for Stargazers. Yep. But yeah, any any final thoughts for anyone else? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, same vein. Um, my dad's name Orfell and my mom's name Zoltara, and that is for. Um, Carl Orff and Zoltan Kodai, the two like major, there's lots of others, but they made kind of the two biggest like elementary music teaching methods that are out there. Um, And people train under their philosophies and stuff. So that was the motivation or the, yeah, it was their names. Yeah, I guess if we're doing that, uh, Randy's parents, Linda and Doyle, come from the movie Sling Blade. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And what about Green Trees? Green Trees is just, you know, it's a very hobbity name. Yeah, Arbor Fair. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right on. (laughs) Yeah, Kyle, any any parting words of wisdom (laughs) stuff man i died <laughs> uh, don't take your adventures for granted enjoy them uh immerse yourself in them and uh yeah yeah make sure whoever you share them with that they love and respect you as much as you love and respect them and yeah uh, i think if that's your foundation if that's your root note no. you're gonna make a really good chord yeah yeah no. a um yeah i just know you know from all of us you know you uh gave sort of this misfit band, you know, a place to sort of fit in on the internet, which, you know, is yeah. really, really awesome for us, especially just from where we were when we started and where we are now. And I think, I I don't know, I could probably speak for all of us when I say, you know, hopefully out of this, you've been encouraged to make music a part of your life in some way, shape, or form, whether it is like picking up an instrument, whether it's just listening to music more. Yeah, like, definitely. Like I was saying earlier, like this has been like a total blessing to me to be able to keep doing music and like doing it in mm-hmm. a way that's been connecting to people that I don't know personally. And that, you know, that's something that like, I couldn't really have ever thought about just doing the Lindby thing. It was more just about people yeah. who were at the shows and stuff. Yeah, the fact that what we did reached people in a specific way. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate everyone who shared those remarks with us. And if you haven't and you've experienced that too, still, thank you. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're yeah. just glad it's there for you. Yeah. And since so much of this show is about the creation of music, and it dawned on me, I probably have made over a thousand tracks for this show. <laughs> probably. Um, if you are like trying to start composing and just creating music, you can learn a lot of stuff in composing school. But I think the one takeaway that really stuck with me is just keep doing it. You're mm-hmm. just working out your brain rather than like your body, so to speak. And mm-hmm. not everything you write is going to be great. I can certainly attest to that with the show with some things yeah. that I've made. <laughs> but if you keep making, you'll just get better and the gems will come out of it and yeah. you'll just enjoy right. the uh, process. 
So just yeah. keep doing it. Like even if you get stuck, force yourself to write something. Mm-hmm. Well, just know that you can do it. Like even oh, if it's yeah, just yeah, singing, exactly. if it's singing along to songs, if it's just you got a keyboard and you just like the way certain things sound, like hopefully what we've been doing has, you know, empowered you to look more into like what that is and what it's doing and how it makes people feel and yeah. how it makes yeah. you feel and stuff. And all the theory and rules and lessons and stuff are great, but if you find something that you like and you like how it sounds and it doesn't adhere, cool. Make it <laughs> yeah. happen. So. It's been great, like, being able to be with y'all and, like, make music and for other people to be a part of it. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just mm-hmm. music with people is so... I don't know. I'm running around in circles, but it's just, it's great. It's transcendent. <laughs> it's powerful. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. So, uh, anyways, yeah, it's life-giving, we'll say. So, anyways, there you go. Right. Um, so yeah. we are going hmm. to end this mailbag episode with a song that we did for the February Relay song. Uh, for our patrons, which we've taken and we've kind of like redone and added some stuff to. The original concept was a song about Alto Brown discovering his love of cooking. So we just took this song uh, that we all really liked and we changed the lyrics to be, you know, sort of about the show and chaos stuff, added some more stuff in there. So we'll leave you with that. And uh, we will be back in the feed here and there to talk about, you know, volume nine and other things that are going on. We might, you know, talk about some other (laughs) stuff or like do some fun things. Like, so we'll be here, here and there. So uh, stay subscribed, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be middle bits. They'll just be bits. Exactly. Just bits. So so we'll still be here. Obviously, we're going to keep everything in the feed that's there like we're gonna keep it there as long as we possibly can you know until after we're all gone hopefully bombarded we'll still be around 440 years later the cult of Darius (laughs) (laughs) but until then it's been really fun and thank you once more but uh, we'll leave you with this so uh, we love you all bye. Bye. bye bye Three bars, a guitar, keys, drums, and bass Traveling across both time and space To find their place Isn't it amazing how a bard's cool that's cool And a bunch of friends on a journey that works out in the end It all makes us feel so good Hey everybody, welcome to Bombarded. So I'm Allie. Goodrich. Spurrier. Yashi Bordun. Randall Greentrees. Razul, son of Dazzle. Your teacher will be Symbol. Razul, you need new strings. Tabitha just kind of lifts up her shirt and hides her nose and laughs a little bit. (laughs) Chaos in the sauce when we came to play with everyone we met along the way. Isn't it amazing how four years we've been here playing in the show And before we go you just gotta know You all made us feel so good Ooh, remember Alright, so uh, go ahead and grab your chord dice that you're gonna roll Ooh, remember oh! I can't believe it! Ooh, remember Guys, what, what's our names? What's our group name? What about the name Chaos Sauce? All these tunes that we love to make when we take 